Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Kia ora, Maureen, to all of Aotearoa. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We are by Kiwis and we are for Kiwis. It's Monday the 26th of July and it's just after 6am in the morning. There is plenty to chat about this morning. There's Olympics, there's cricket, there's rugby, there's the Warriors. And no doubt plenty of racing from the weekend that was and the week that is to come. 0800 150811 or text us on double eight. Double three. Now, there's no Izzy this morning. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But let me introduce from the producer chair to the lead seat. We welcome you this morning, Louis Herman Watt. Good morning. Uh, walking out into the middle with the skip. Bad under, tacked <laughs> under the wing. Fearless. That's inspiring stuff. You want, for the fir- you want the first ball or you want the second? You want me to get you on strike or you want to you want to just charge down the wicket early? Yeah, well, I know what you want to do. So I guess I guess I guess <laughs> I'll play conservative this morning. Baz, good to be with you. Good to be with everyone at four past six. It's a a, a stormy old Monday up here in the O nine. Yeah, it is here as well in the in the white cutthor as well, Louis. Um, now I suppose we need to just elaborate a little bit on exactly why Izzy isn't with us and we miss him immensely, our, our flair, our colour, we really do. Um, but unfortunately, uh, Izzy, he uh, lost his mum over the weekend. So all of our thoughts and prayers um, are with Izzy and, and all of his whanau and, and we know it's a difficult time for him and may his mum's beautiful soul rest in peace and we look forward to welcoming back at some stage. But in the meantime... Um, we will try and do our very, very best to try and bring you all things sport on a Monday morning. And Louis, you will step in and help help a young fella like me out. I definitely will. I just want to echo those sentiments, Baz. Um, you know, I haven't, we haven't, well, I don't know about yourself. I know you knew Izzy a wee bit. I really haven't known Izzy long at all. But one thing you, you garner from Izzy is his just genuine love for people. And we've, we talked about it so much last week, but he genuinely cares about people. And you can't pretend, you can't fake that. It's that it's that, that real pure love that he shares. So I've got no doubt that he got that from his mum and he'll be hurting. So big shout out to the whole Dag Fano. It's a tough time, but um, they're great people. So with that in mind, this morning we'll, we'll talk sport, but we'll also remember that, you know, you've got loved ones out there. So I hope everyone got to spend some time with their loved ones over the weekend. I did, Baz. It was a big week last week. We are all pretty shattered by the time um, Friday Arvo came around. So it was awesome to spend some time with Shannon and just hang out and take a breather. And I hope you got to do the same, man. Yeah, absolutely. Louis, I was, I was shattered on, on Friday night, Saturday morning as well, if I'm being honest. It's... Our four AM starts uh, were a little bit of a, a little bit of a shock to the system last week, but we got through it, and we're running on adrenaline as well, which is obviously the, the way when you when you're starting a radio station <laughs> with with a whole lot of other fellas, and you happen to be the first one off with uh, breakfast radio. So I, I had a pretty pretty quiet weekend, mate. To be honest, a bit of time with the family, um, had a good sleep in on Saturday morning, 
to about 8 a.m., which was extraordinary. So the horses, they had to eat late again. <laughs> um, and then uh, sad day, I, I got up, I listened to your show, yours and Mick's show, the mail run. That was outstanding as well. Well done, mate. Thank you, mate. It's a lot of fun. I tell you what, I kind of, I, was a, I wasn't worried or wasn't nervous or anything, but you, you, when you, you're going out there and you're talking punting, you kind of want to have half an idea. And it was, as we talk, it was such a big week. I was kind of on the back foot, but we got in there and the racing, I, how's this, Baz? And you would know this being a matter matter. The racing public of New Zealand are so, so, so grateful to have racing back on the radio. They are, they really are. And they came through and did droves. The text double eight, double three. And I'd love to hear from you this morning without Izzy. We're going to really need to lean on you guys. So double eight, double three. 0800-150-811, please get in touch at any stage. We'll talk about that a bit later. But the texts on Saturday morning were awesome. And, and I think racing people kind of have really had a reckoning about what the industry's come to and kind of where we all needed to get to. And that's positivity. That's, you know, embracing these sorts of new ventures. And it's not being snobby or not saying, oh, well, we miss it the old way. Let's just take what we have and try build from it. And I, I really got that, which was, you must feel a bit of that down in Matamata. Yeah, definitely, mate, and especially because I'm, I'm immersed in the racing game. You know, a lot of a lot of the people, a lot of the folk around here in Matamata are, are racing people, whether they're trainers or jockeys or owners, stud masters, not horse farmers, um, and so they they're fully immersed in the sport. And and I guess a lot of the people I knock into are just absolutely delighted that there is a representation of racing back on the airwaves. And I thought Saturday was just a great day, mate. You guys kicked it off, you and Mick, and. And then it flowed on from there. So it was just, it was really cool, actually, and, and gave me a little bit of oil to take in Saturday afternoon and managed to, well, I didn't, I wouldn't say I made money on the punts, but I didn't lose money, which for me is like making an absolute fortune <laughs> each on, on the punts. So, so thank you very much for steering us into a couple, Louis. Well, it's a, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because, you know, people like us, Mick less so and some other people less so, but people like us, Baz, we just... It's really a pastime, isn't it? Bunting is a bit of a hobby. It's fun, you know. You want to. It's like in a, you're trying to beat the bookie. It's a it's a, a real cat and mouse game. So on days where you don't necessarily make a skinful, but you also you, you have a real good scrap and you kind of come out maybe just in front or slightly evens. It actually is really rewarding. I've just dug out the email I sent to the SEN online guys after the show on Saturday. Here, here it reads like this: Love Lucky Park Race Three, New Plymouth each way. I think that was crushed into about 3.8 and ran a, a long neck second. So that we'll take that as a win. Um, best Tarapa race two, it might be you. That was for Danielle Johnson, the Waikato stud runner out of the Ballymore stables. Just chopped them up. Just far too good, that filly. And then also the Quinella in race four at Tarapa, Maxibel Gerda. Pikey joined the show on Friday, Bears, and he kind of, he said the weight shouldn't worry Maxibel, but Gerda and Danielle Johnson and the BGP silks. How special was that? Oh, that was outstanding. That, and I, I just almost I heard just a lift from somewhere in Auckland. I wasn't sure where. It, it sounded like the voice of Louis Herman Watt when Gerda started sort of making some inroads towards towards the lead. But it was a great it was a great ride, and it was. What did the Quinella pay? Seven fifty. Oh, that's probably the punt of the weekend, wasn't it? Oh, I thought it was brilliant, and and yeah, and that's good. Got oh, I couldn't, well, I could believe it because I tipped it, but <laughs> it doesn't always happen. Like, it, does, it doesn't always happen like that. And um, we're actually Luke Kimmy's from Boys Get Paid. He's kind of the the talisman there. They had a pretty good weekend across the ditch at Caulfield in the last. Awa Princess 
Thank you very much. Again, in the black and white BGP silks. And just for context, these guys don't actually own or run many horses at all. And they've had two winners in the same day. So we'll catch up with Luke way later in the show. But you, as a horse owner, not a horse farmer, but as you know, it's mm. that special feeling. It's hard to get a horse to the races, let alone get a horse to win. Yeah, but I don't want to waste all this now because once Luke comes in, this is going to be a good chat. So can we can we fast, can we project this conversation forward a little bit? Let me tell you about something. So the other night, Louis, I didn't mention it last week, but last Friday, so not the Friday just being, the one before, I, I was uh, uh guest appearance over at the, the Tauranga Gala dinner, um, which was a great event, actually, really well run. Sumo Scotty Stevenson was the MC as well, and he did a fabulous job. He's incredibly intelligent Scotty and he does a brilliant job in that MC kind of role um, and I was up on stage and, and I was up there for about an hour and it was a great really really cool event but while I was up there there's obviously a silent auction going on right and my missus Liz she's there and she's bidding on items on the silent auction so I get back down from the stage thinking oh well, this is good and I managed to not make any real howling mistakes and the crowd seemed to enjoy it a little bit and then she goes, oh, by the way, I bought, ourselves, I bought us a barbecue. I said, we've already got three barbecues. What do we need another barbecue for? She said, no, nah, it's called this RG Barbie. I was like, oh, the RG Barbie? I was like, yeah. She said, yeah, it was five. They retail for five grand. We got it for $1,950. <laughs> and I was like, geez, I feel like I'm in the castle here, you know, like, oh, <laughs> jousting sticks. So anyway, I thought I'd better give it a crack on Saturday. So we fired it up on Saturday afternoon while the while the pump was going on in the background and had a couple of quiet settlers and um and I managed to cook up a bit of a feed on this Argentinian barbecue. It is an absolute gold mine. It's so good. <laughs> it was it was brilliant. The only problem was there's a few teething issues that like you, you need wood or coal to really fire it up and it takes a few hours to get going, right? Well I didn't really see it and it's heavy. And I didn't, when I set it up where I set it up, I didn't factor in the wind direction. So for the next about five hours it takes to really get it cranking and get it ready to cook your meat on, I sort of, I was just breathing in this. <laughs> <laughs> breathing just a did, 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 did it Did it flash it felt you like back being to in the dressing room in the 90s. Oh, you know? I was about to say, <laughs> did it flash you back to Under Eden Park in the World Cup semi-final uh, with the caterers? Yeah, it sure did. It sure did. By the way, I've given up smoking now, so that I'd like to I'd like that to be known to everyone in the world that five years ago I gave up smoking. It's the best decision I've ever made in my life. But but I will admit that I used to smoke. So it's I'm now I'm a reformed smoker now. But that certainly was a throwback back to those days. But it was good. The meat came up good, couple of quiet beers, punt going on. <laughs> Worries didn't work out, but we'll talk about that later as well. It was a pretty good sad day. Brilliant. And so the the lesson here, which no doubt Liz will be drumming in, she's never wrong. No, she's not wrong. But don't tell her that. And she won't be up at this time of the morning anyway. So I'm going to get away with not giving her too much credit. Yeah, okay. Well, we won't podcast that bit, though. There's nothing better than, you know, I remember when so we, we did a, how's this? You'll, you'll probably love this, Baz. Last year we decided, you know what, we've had this crappy little warehouse barbecue for so long. It's time we upscale to to a Weber. But a Weber is expensive for a bunch of 20-something-year-olds living in Auckland paying exorbitant fees that don't have IPL US dollar cash. So we were thinking, how do we... How producers on SCNZ. How are we going to fund this Weber? So we all picked a leg and a multi. And um, we... It was... <laughs> <laughs> 
And it was, it came down to, it was the US Open and Dominic Team was in that absolute scrap with, was it Medvedev? Uh, I can't remember, a couple of years ago. And 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 he got up, but it was like he lost, he, he gave away about five tournament points and we had a Weber riding on it. So there's nothing more rewarding than going to the, to the minor 10 mega, picking up the Weber, then assembling it. That's the next battle. But when you, when you get it going, that, that new barbecue, that first meal off a new barbecue, you can't replicate it, can you? No, you've just got to make sure you burn the coals down a little bit, though. Eh? That'll be a Parnell trick, wouldn't it? To just put the meat straight on while the coals are still <laughs> to have been burnt off. Uh, we could do country. We could do Parnell clueless. What, what can we call it? City clueless. Sort of city clueless. That'd be good. Yeah. Well, geez, it feels like I've been in Auckland long enough now, but it still feels like I'm living in Leithfield Beach sometimes. The things I do, the way I seem to step out in front of traffic, I'm just a small town kid, Baz. Um, so there's there's a bit of that. I also need to pick your brain. Um, not a barbecuing story, but I had my first preseason AFL training yesterday, and again for a bloke in his twenties, I shouldn't be feeling the sore. So I need to <laughs> need to pick your brain as a a great athlete about how you used to deal with your recovery and that sort of thing. And, and we'll, we'll go to the text, just on the text, double eight, double three. I only had $5 left in my TAB account. Put it on the nose of double happy after your tip l- l- earlier last week. No good. Going to stick to sport betting, I think. There's always <laughs> someone just to remind you, isn't there? Oh, that's... <laughs> you've, you've had an absolute fill up over the weekend and that text just brings you back down to earth doesn't it, it just reminds you of the of the bad days you had, it's like playing sport all over again uh, yeah that's right, you check the papers or you, did you read the papers as an athlete? I did, especially when I was captain and Stephen Fleming taught me that Who actually later on in the week we're going to catch up with Stephen Fleming for a good old fashioned long long interview which would be, which would be fascinating but um, for to get you back to this story, so his the reason was that he said, you really need to understand the pulse of what the country are thinking about your players because your players are reading it. Mm. And if they're not reading it, their their wives are reading it. If mm. their wives aren't reading it, their mums and dads are reading it. If they're not reading it, it's their friends. So uh, the information's going to get back to them and the general theme and pulse of, of that feeling is going to get back to them. So it's fine. It's the, the ability to be able to read things, um, digest it, and then be able to not take it out onto the field was the real key. And as a captain, it was to be able to understand what other people are thinking and going through and be able to try and steer them in a direction so that they can just go and play. So I, I did used to read it. It wasn't always pretty, but but that's okay. That is okay, Bez. That's okay. That is okay. Well, it's, that's, that's quite an interesting insight. Flem is an interesting guy, a deep thinker, so I'm told. So looking forward to that later in the week. Uh, before we get to the news at the half hour, I want to talk Olympics because... It's been a huge weekend, and this this is every four years or five years in this case. Everyone gets knee-deep into Olympics, and there's heaps to talk about, including a lot of Kiwi success, as well as a Dunedinite, a young Dunedin athlete who no doubt you were going to want to pump up Baz. Here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast, um, Izzy away is the sad passing of his mum, so our thoughts are with Izzy, and, and somebody's come through on the text, um, thoughts are with Izzy, and, and I'm sure everybody agrees. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast at 18 minutes past six. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day.
You are indeed uh, minus the Izzy this morning. Brendan McCullum, former cricket captain, of course. Baz is down in Maramara. Louis here filling in for Izzy as he's away with the family bereavement this week at 23 minutes past six. Hey, we're going to need a lot of you this morning and, and this whole week, actually, on double eight double three and the Kennards Hire phone line to 0800 150 811 because Izzy really announced himself last week as our Olympic correspondent, Baz. He kind of just shot himself kind of pole vaulted himself into that position, didn't he? Well, there was two positions which were um, were determined last week. One was Kane Williamson as our Formula One correspondent, <laughs> and the other one was Izzy Dagg as our Olympic correspondent, namely with a, a real steer towards the um, the equestrian uh, lark. <laughs> we call it a lark's not very nice, actually. That's probably the wrong term. The equestrian... Round? What, special Specialty? Round? Yeah. Actually, I watched a little bit of that last night because... Maya, my oldest girl, is into it. I sort of fell asleep while it was going on, not because of the the content, but mainly just because I knew I was going to get up at 4am. But it did look very, very interesting. I can see why, particularly with Izzy's wife Daisy being in that game, why he's quite fascinated by it. Yeah, it's fair enough. It's a, especially like, I mean, I, you I didn't like, watch it, did you? No, I didn't, but I love horses. And <laughs> <laughs> you like, not the slow, methodical type of horses. You like horses that jump and run. I was just about to say, it's kind of funny because, like, it, I always, I always compare, you know, like the the nature strips, the avantages, the real kind of bolshy <laughs> racehorses. Then you look at these things, and they're just as placid as they just do anything. These. You know, imagine it, it, some of those um, jockeys are actually quite good, quite handy. A couple of them are, are, have been really good, and they do it for, for fun as well. Yeah. Well, what about some of the other Olympic sports as well? They, it was fascinating watching over the over the weekend, and I guess that's what's so compelling about the Olympics is there's sports which you'd never normally, I guess, try and follow. But it's there's so many options to be able to flick through your your TV and see different sports going on. I watched a little bit of three-on-three basketball, which was actually really, really cool. Um, obviously, watched a lot of the swimming and um, and watched Lewis Clebert, who, um, you know, he obviously, he, he did well to get to the final and and was so close to being able to achieve a medal, but didn't quite get there. And it'd be, it'd be great to speak to, we've got Moss Burmester on, on a little bit later on. It'd be great to chat to him as well about not just Lewis Clebert, but also the... The Needham sensation, the 17-year-old Erica Fairweather, Louis. Wow, Erica Fairweather. I mean, Baz, you're a you love Dunedin. You must be this. This Erica could be the next poster child. I did see she's 17. She's the youngest Kiwi Olympian. There was actually a 14-year-old Canadian that was the one placing slow, qualified one placing slower than Erica. So these teenagers. I mean, I did. Dear, I don't even want to think about what you were doing at age 17, but, I mean, I know I wasn't swimming in an Olympic pool. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, really incredible. And as I say, a good Dunedin girl. She's from Kavanagh College down there in Dunedin. And, you know, I think it's it's fascinating that Dunedin has actually been able to achieve what they have on the international swimming stage. It's obviously a fair, fair, fair bit of time in between drinks, but it's great to see a, a young... Um, Dunedin girl just announcing herself on the on the world stage, and she smashed Lauren Boyle's national record in that in that swim yesterday in the 400 metre freestyle, and and that final was going to be on Monday uh, this afternoon, I believe. Yeah, Louis at 2:20 p.m. Does that sound right? Bingo! Gee whiz! Okay, careful. You're um, 
careful because you're you're dangerously close to anointing yourself as the next Olympic correspondent if you start getting those all those dates and times right. You know, it was, you don't take too much of a burden on there, Baz. It, I I don't know if you would have seen this. I don't know if you would have seen this because it didn't have a, there wasn't a Kiwi in the finish, but the road race, the cycling, wow wee, there was scenes is one way to put it. Um, so it was won by an Austrian, but it was a lady from the Netherlands, Van Vluten, who actually kind of mounted a late charge and, and really reeled them back. And I think everyone else thinks that she thought she won. Have a listen to this. We really are, Marty. What a race. Annemiek Van Vluten there, happy with second place. A great ride from her after the crash she sustained earlier in the day to pick up a medal for the Dutch team. You can see the emotion. You can see the emotion, happy for second place, but um, <laughs> I, think, I think reading between the lines, Van Vluten might have thought she might have got past first and the winner was just so far out of sight. So that's not quite an early crow, but that's that's thinking you've won when you really haven't, and that's pretty embarrassing. Oh, that's pretty stiff, isn't it? I mean, you've got four years to plan for that celebration and then to work out that you're celebrating when you haven't actually won. <laughs> I think they call that the early crow. Quite quite big in the horse racing world as well but yeah still there's nothing wrong with second place in that in that instance still <laughs> worth celebrating louis no it definitely is um today there's there's some awesome events going on with plenty of kiwis the triathlon the individual men bazers had a text get on board with hayden wild in the triathlon at 9 30 strap yourself in he's thereabouts at the start of the run leg the swim is not his forte so we'll be looking to see hayden make up we've got um we got some rugby sevens that's obviously not a medal, but that'll be exciting to watch, Baz. Yeah, that will be exciting, actually. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how they how they go in that. It's, that's good info as well. By uh, no, They didn't put their name, unfortunately, but that text about Hayden Wild and the fact that um, you know the swim league is not as forte, it's, it's interesting to look out for because that was one thing I was sort of trying to work out watching the that um, the race yesterday of Louis Clerbert as well. I, I certainly don't proclaim to know a lot about those sports, but it was fascinating to watch. And I was there supporting him, but just to see which were his str- his stronger legs um, in that in that uh, medley. Is he called a medley? Yeah, that's it. The 400, 400 medley, and and the pool has been very exciting, and it will continue to be very exciting. So we're we'll looking out for Erica uh, Fair Fairweather uh, later on in the day. Uh, she's actually racing against Katie Ledecky. So to even be in the same final as royalty like Katie Ledecky, it's pretty special stuff. As it's half past six on ECNZ, breakfast with Baz and Izzy. Uh, news is coming up with Trudy for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. After the news, we'll get some more racing information and a little bit of a thoroughbred update. 28 minutes away from 7 on SCNZ. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Louis sitting in for Izzy this fine, fine morning. Baz down in Matamata, though, where you had a great weekend on the punt because you broke even, mate. Yeah, that's right. Never go broke taking a profit. Well, I didn't take a profit, but I didn't lose money. Well, not on the sad day. I gave it back on the Sunday, though. I didn't tell you that, did I? <laughs> sort of thought I'd just bask in the glory of sad day's performance before I got onto the... <laughs> the Dow Sunday that was, but anyway, that's okay, Louis. How, how was, uh, what other information you got for us on the punt, mate, on the racing front? Well, what, one man I want to give a special shout-out to is Alan Sharrick, who is 
been dead set flying. And, and this story on loveracing.nz, your home for everything thoroughbred racing, loveracing.nz, he has in the Openaki Cup, which he absolutely smoked the field with Just Ask Me. And I think he even quinelled it over his mere, with his mere London Express. And I wouldn't be surprised if... Mr. Sharrick might have had a little bob on the Quinella or he might have had a back. I think that stable, you can usually follow the money. That was his 53rd win for the season, the highest tally he has achieved in 33 years of training and his seventh black type success in the last 12 months. So you do something for over three decades and you finally have your best year. Well, you have your best year. That is what you call growing, building, apexing. You know, like that's amazing and it won't stop here for... Alan and his team down there in Taranaki. That's a that's an awesome result, eh, Baz? Yeah, absolutely it is. And, uh, like he's always been considered a, a gun trainer, right? Alan Sharrick, he's very popular amongst all of the, the racing fraternity. And and he's also popular amongst the media too because he, he's got a great personality and, and he's not afraid to tip you into one, which which we love as, as punters. But he also he just seems to really enjoy his job and, and if you're enjoying your job and you're enjoying getting up at those hours of the morning like like the horse trainers and, and the jockeys have to, then you deserve that success that comes your way. So well done, Mr. Sherrick. I completely agree. Old Kawi Farms, uh, he's a he's an absolute champion bloke and um, has also another part another part we didn't even mention is the way he's mentored the next generations of um, apprentices. So many apprentices have gone through those stables. Hazel Chauffeur, just the latest, who can ride. So it's a fantastic result, and it's good to see the good guys getting a win. He's got a lovely, lovely, lovely stable of horses at the moment that are going to win some big races moving forward, Bears. I wonder what time he feeds his horses in the morning. <laughs> he, you know, he would be on slightly stricter hours than, than Vermeer Farms horses are fed, but we like to have very um, malleable horses in our stables. <laughs> what does that ones mean? Which don't mind malleable ones, which are happy to move and 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 uh, adjust to to the uh, the tempo and the speed and the life of um, of its owners. <laughs> that's, that's ideal. I don't know. Hey, slash, <laughs> hey. slash. We we'll, we'll feed them when we're ready, you know. They just get used to it. Double eight, double three. I love that you're honest with yourself and your horses and the in the country, Baz. Like, there's nothing worse than hiding from that fact. <laughs> Double eight, double eight, double three. On the Olympic chat, Ollie White's playing their heart out again. Unfortunate few mistakes, but once again, punching above their weight against a big footballing nation. I think it was Honduras, wasn't it? Let's hope results go our way for the last pool match. Very proud to be a Kiwi. Finn in Dunedin. There you go. Thank you for putting your name on that text, Finn. Hey, um, Baz, after this, we're going to do Quizzy Dag without Izzy. So that means you're the quiz master. How do you feel about that? I'm okay with the asking of the questions. It's a wrap, which I'm not going to be able to do. So hopefully we've got we've got Izzy pre-recorded to be able to lead us into that. But I'm looking forward to the actual questions. I do enjoy the segment. I think it's quite good because it gives, gives the people an opportunity to be really interactive and, and also show their ability to uh, to come up with all, all answers in sport, plus the opportunity to obviously win one of those Kemper pillows, which are worth $329. And I've got one in the mail, so I'm looking forward to trying one of those out myself. Outstanding. Louis. Yes, indeed. Cool now. If you want a temper pillow worth 
$329. Oh, the phone lines are blinging. I love that. Doesn't that just get you going in the morning at about 23 minutes to the hour? Love to see it. Quizzy Dag coming up. 0800 150 811 if you want to participate. 18 minutes, 18 minutes away from 7 o'clock, and we're about to get into Quizzy Dag. Minus the Izzy today, but that's all right, because Baz has promised me he's ready to step up. Double eight, double three to be in touch. Are you guys going to talk about the football and what happened there with our goalkeeper? No name text? Well, no name text. We're looking for an Olympic correspondent, so if that's you sticking your big goalkeeping <laughs> hand up, give us a call. 0800 We can talk about anything, can't we, Baz? Yeah, that's good. Good. I love how you've done that. Just put, get a search out there for another Olympic correspondent. Well done, Louis. Well, you know, in times like this, you know, you need leadership, not from just the leaders, but from everybody. And it could come from anywhere. It could come from Westport. It could come from who would who would know? <laughs> Wahora? I'm not prejudiced to where you are around the country. Just get in touch and lift, you know? Yeah, and speaking of lifting, feel free to give us a call on 0800 for Quizzy Dag. The temper pillow is there and ready to be won. So I'm looking forward to this. I feel an immense amount of pressure, actually, Louis, if I'm being honest, because Iz has done such a good job on this on this quiz. And to have to step in for him, I just don't really want to mess it up, you know? Well, let's see if we can play his dulcet tunes and and his tones and maybe that'll ease the nerves. Here we go. It's 16 minutes away from seven. It's Quizzy Dag. A quiz for the ages to prove yourself. The quiz master, the is master, stay with me. Oh, this might be an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, if you think you got what it takes, give us a call on 0800 150 <laughs> Oh, we miss you, Izzy. We miss you, my friend. How good was that? What you guys can't see is that in the studios, Everyone is bopping. Everyone is going. They're ready to roll, and I'm ready to rip into this quiz as well. I think we've got John on the line. John, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, mate. All right, all the best. We'll rip straight into it. Jurgen Klopp coaches which English Premier League side? Um, Chelsea. Unlucky. Sorry, John. Thanks for calling. I think we've got Chris. Chris, are you there? Chris, hello. Chris Dill Palace, are you there? <laughs> That's not the answer either, Louis. That is not the answer. I reckon Chris just he just calls because he just loves this CNZ and then he just he just stays right there. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Give us a call. Jeez. Didn't even get through one question. See, this is what happens when Izzy's not here. <laughs> this just falls flat. I think they're just... Maybe the... Do you think it was my pronunciation of Jurgen Klopp? Let's try Richie Baz. Richie, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, Richie, you ready? Jurgen yeah, Klopp coaches which English Premier League side? Jurgen Klopp. Oh, Liverpool. Well done. Let's go. Good stuff. Who is the highest run scorer of all time in Test cricket? 
fashion ten dolker. Very good. Two from two. Sharp. What is Usain Bolt's blistering 100 meter world record time? Nine point five eight. Oh, on fire on a Monday morning. Wow. In which sport do teams compete to win the Stanley Cup? Ice hockey. Oh, and one away from the Temper Pillow, valued at $329. Izzy made his All Blacks debut in June of 2010. Who was it against? Was it A, Ireland, B, Australia, or C, Argentina? Ireland. Boom. There we go. How good. Congratulations, Richie. You've done well. Outstanding. That $329 temper pillow is coming your way. Well done. Cheers, Baz. How good's that? Father, Father Basmus just down there dishing it out. Temper pillow here, temper pillow there. Well done, Richie. That was excellent, though, wasn't it? He kind of just ran the slate, didn't he? I mean, that's that's literally Quizzy Dag in a nutshell. You just get a bit of momentum, get your tail up, and watch you fly away. There you go, Richie, a temper pillow. And you can do that for the rest of the week, just listening to Baz Lizzie for breakfast at this exact time, where we play Quizzy Dag. There's some texts coming through. A great one. Would you like to see marbles at the next Olympics, Craig? Um, that, that might just be... The one that makes me lose my marbles. I'm, I'm okay with the surfing. The three-on-three basketball is a bit weird. The skateboarding's borderline, but marbles were getting a little bit silly. But that's all right because it's twelve past, uh, twelve minutes to seven o'clock. I'm Baz Nizzy for breakfast, and up after this, Baz is going to reconnect with one of his his old friends, Tim Southey. I'm sure Tim is just excited to get on the phone, and there'll be. No trepidation when he hears Baz's voice. He hopefully he doesn't think that he's going to get another telling off. Because it's the Mace Tour, the amazing Mace. It's uh, up in Whangarei today at the Southie Farm. So we're going to catch up with Tim about what's going on there. I'm Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Seven minutes away from 7am on this very fine but blustery, gusty Monday morning. And any time you want to get in touch with the show, please do so on the Kennards Higher phone line 0800 150 811. But it's a great day for all cricketers around the country today, Baz, because the lads are starting their, their mace tour. Yes, they are, mate. You say it's fine up there, a little blustery. It's raining cats and dogs down here in the Waikato, but... That's just by the by. It is a great opportunity for us to be able to celebrate the Black Caps. After what they've been able to achieve, they landed the bit of silverware that everyone wanted, the World Test Championship Mace, and it is on tour, starting up at the, the top of the north, up at the Southie Family Farm. And if they can navigate their way through the thousands of acres that is that and then get themselves down to the Cobham Oval this morning at 10 to 11.30 a.m., you'll get an opportunity to share in the spoils with the team. Tim Southey is on the line now with us. Good morning, Tim. Morning, Baz. Mate, you must be super excited to be able to get out and about with the Mace and, and take it to the fans and, and just allow them to enjoy uh, the spoils of what you guys have been able to achieve. Just to, to get out, and especially some of the smaller smaller regions that don't get a lot of a lot of cricket, um, especially international cricket. So hopefully we can, uh, yeah, get out. And obviously the weather isn't isn't ideal, but but hopefully uh, there's plenty of kids and plenty of fans that can get out and uh, 
and uh, come and check out, check out the trophy, and, and hopefully we can inspire a couple of kids along the way. This is a very serious chat for us. We're normally much more relaxed than this, but I'm going to ask you, mate, have you, um, have you managed to um, to feel the sense of appreciation this time around from the fans of, of what you guys have been able to achieve? Yeah, I think it was strange coming home and then uh, being thrown into to MIQ for two weeks, but um, but I think that gave us a chance to, to sit back and um, guys guys' phones were clogged up with messages and um, and the support that we could feel from from the other side of the world. I know it wasn't great uh, great hours back here, but I hear there's a, a lot of people that were, were up through the night and um, and supporting us from afar. So yeah, I think not only the last last wee while, especially that trip to England, but uh, but the last few years, I think we've seen. Full crowd at uh, at test matches and uh, and it's just been great I think to see how the country's gotten behind us as a cricket side. Tim, uh, that's that's excellent and all, but the rea- all I heard during this intro is that you've got a massive farm. We have a segment on the show called Country Clueless where Baz and Izzy just <laughs> it, it kind of let the nation know how country clueless they actually are. Are you telling me that you're heart and soul New Zealand straight off the farm out of the milking sheds? What's the story with this farm? Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. Though. I've been away from the farm for for a few years, but um, but yeah, I, I do love uh, the the rural side of uh, side of life. Um, I've been out to Bez's uh, farm out at Metameta, um, and I, I hear he's got a got a couple of acres down and down in Christchurch. So I'd, I'd love to I'd love to be a, be a fly on the wall when they're talking about uh, about their big big stations. <laughs> um, but yeah. We got a, a sheep and beef farm, um, family farm up here. It's uh, just over a thousand acres, um, sheep and beef. So, yeah, that's where, where I grew up, along with uh, my brother and, and two sisters. Well, you're obviously a, a farm man at heart, but I've seen your uh, your painted nails and and soft skin, and, and ever since you've walked into the New Zealand cricket dressing room at a very young age, you've uh, you've certainly been on that path rather than the farming one. But I do want to talk to you a little bit about that actually, because uh, you've been around the game for so long now, and um, you did come in as a young kid, and and now you're you're a senior statesman within the side, and you've seen the evolution of New Zealand cricket from from what it was to to what it's become. What what is your impact, I guess, as a leader within the group, and and just explain to us a little bit about um, you know how you like to try and impart some of that uh, those leadership skills on the on the environment. First of all, I don't have painted nails, and I, I, I never had the frosted. Tip. I never had the frosted. I never had the frosted tips like you. Um, but no, it's, it's been it's been um, no, it's been it's been brilliant. It's been a, a hell of a ride. Um, obviously, you were there for a, for a fair chunk of it, and I think you're a, a massive part of of uh, of turning us around. Um, your leadership and you took over. It was a pretty young side, um, and now those those young guys, um, myself included, are sort of. A little bit weathered now, and we've uh, we learned a lot from the way that uh, that you led the side, and uh, and the whole environment's changed, as as you know. And um, yeah, you, uh, what the we put in um, when you were captain of the side, um, and then installing, I guess, uh, some some leadership roles around us, us younger guys that um, that you thought were were potential leaders, and um, I guess we've just sort of grown grown from there, and and can't. Uh, Kane, I know, has, has learned a lot from the way that you led the side, and, and he's put his own spin on spin on things as well. So, um, yeah, it's just been just been great to be a part of, um, especially not only the last last couple of years, but the last six seven years, um, just through that transformation period. And and um, I think we've seen a lot more consistency in, in everything we're doing, and and um, and we've been able to to achieve a, a couple of special things along the way.
Tim Southey, outstanding as the Mace Tour starts up at the Southey Family Farm. Painted nails or not, frosted tips or not, he's an absolute great uh, with uh, so many wickets and so many great memories for the Black Caps. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll give out the Mace Tour details if anyone wants to go catch up with the Black Caps during the stop. It's a fantastic initiative from New Zealand Cricket, so fair play there. But we are coming up to the news with Kubota and Trudy. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. It's McCafe time for us. Andrew McKenna talking the Lions tour, the Lions versus Springboks after this. Good morning, Aotearoa. It is just after 7am in the morning on Monday the 26th of July. This is Baz Nizzi for breakfast on SCNZ. We are by Kiwis and we are for Kiwis. We have been talking all things sport this morning and we will continue to do so over the next couple of hours. We have still to come Moss Burmester, <clears throat> the former New Zealand swimmer, and also Sam Dixon, the New Zealand sevens captain who won't be a part of the Olympics, unfortunately, but plenty to chat through. We've also got to chat about the Lions versus South Africa in just a few moments' time, but I welcome in Louis Herman Watt to join. Hello, Baz. I feel like um, Tim might, you know, with the advantage of being down the phone, he, he was happy to throw out that frosted tips comment. I do vaguely... Brave, remember, eh? Isn't he brave? He, brave, I think that's what distance will do. I do vaguely remember if... Actually, Kieran, can you find a, a photo of Baz with frosted tips and put it on the Twitter, please? I think people... Why would you do that? that that's, that's not very nice. It, no, that was quite fashionable back in the day. Don't hide from it, mate. Not everyone was doing it. It's great stuff. So is it a so are we saying it's a compliment or is it is it more of a sort of a bit it's of a awesome touch up? No, not awesome. a t- don't look at it at all. <laughs> don't look at it like that at all. I tell you what's, I tell, I tell you, I tell you, I tell you what. In primary school, which is probably when you were, you know, like late primary school, early high school, when you were kind of breaking through as a you know gun cricketer, lot those those um, frosted tips were like totally in vogue. It was a real a real thing. Yeah, well, so with dreadlocks for a little while, so we'll say that we've, we can tick that one off as well. We should just uh, we should just update everyone as well that Izzy is unfortunately not with us at the moment just because um, his uh, mum passed during the weekend. So our thoughts and and well wishes uh, and love and support are with Izzy and all of his Fano back in the Hawks Bay. So hence why Louis is stepping up and taking the lead role for us, and uh, I'm. Actually, quite enjoying sitting back in the second chair here, mate, and just uh, coming along for the ride, albeit copping a little of abuse about my past haircuts. It's not abuse, Baz. It's not abuse. Look at it positively, mate. It's like we're we're, we're <laughs> jealous that we didn't have the bravery to do that because it looks completely hideous. Uh, Lydia Co. Tides. There's still time. There's still time for you. <laughs> That's it. Trudy's just found it. Trudy's just found it. That's the one. That is the one. Send that to Karen. Get that. Fast as he for breakfast on Twitter. I need that online ASAP. Lydia Coe tied six in this morning's major at the Evian. Uh, the Evian Pro. That was fantastic. It was good to see her back in the mix again. Another top ten in a major. So that's fantastic work for Lydia Coe. But at six minutes past seven, one of the biggest stories of the weekend, well, we, we talked about it on... Friday with Brian Habana, the first test match in the Lions, British and Irish Lions, you should say, Springboks series. And it was an absolute classic Lions affair with plenty of feeling and tension you could definitely cut. Andrew McKenna 
called the game for TalkSport in the UK. He is an astute rugby mind of the highest order, and he joins us now on the line. Very lucky to have him. Morning, Andrew. Very good morning. I don't think I've deserved that kind of build-up for many a year, so thank you very much. <laughs> oh, well, that's all right. We try to look after those, empower those that give up their time on Bears Nizzy for breakfast. So awesome to have you on. I want to know, though, was it because it was exhausting to watch on a Sunday morning as a replay and it wasn't even live. Was it exhausting to commentate? There was a lot of feeling in that affair. It certainly was. I mean, it was physical beyond belief. I mean, there wasn't a huge amount of rugby played in the fact that both sides made about, I think it was about 240 metres each. When you bear in mind what, you know, a standard test match, you, you might expect one of the sides to make, what, 400 metres during the game in an attack. But th- there was just constant tackling, uh, massive hits going in from both sides. I mean, it was a, it was a, a real sort of South African-style game, but it, it was just brutal from start to finish. That's exactly how it looked as well, and, and it was brutal. Brutal was definitely the word, and so often is with Lions tours. You've covered a lot of them and seen a lot of them, Andrew. How does the momentum of these kind of camps work, and can you explain that to us? So how important that winning the first test so often can be in these, these series? Well, in the last... The Lions have played seven series in South Africa since... Um, sorry, they've played seven series um, since World War Two. And in the uh, matches where they've won the first test, they've gone on to win four of the series. So it's absolutely massive in terms of getting that momentum going. It's, it's the same as it is in cricket, you know, in a five-match series. If you get one, maybe even two up, you feel much better about yourself. The, the big concern for the Lions will be is South Africa were massively undercooked. They, they've only played one genuine test match since the Rugby World Cup of 2019, and that was against Georgia three weeks ago. Because of COVID and all of that, they haven't been able to play. So they were massively undercooked. That was why it was so important for the Lions to win yesterday's game, because South Africa, as the series goes on, are going to get better and better. So therefore, if the Lions didn't win that one, they had themselves a problem. Now they've got themselves a 1-0 lead with two more to go. So they'll feel um, not comfortable about things, but they'll feel better about it than they would have a week ago. Andrew, it's Baz McCullum here. Just with that being such a, a titanic struggle, do you think now that game one's underway, there might just be an element of fluidity or, or some flair creep into, into the next match in the series? It's a, it's a difficult one to know, to be honest, Baz. Um, it's, it's such a... Um such a physical series. I mean, I, 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 we've not had any word yet from either camp in terms of definite injury problems for the second game. We know that Dan Bigger, um, the, the the playmaker for, for the Lions, he came off injured, so that will be a concern. They actually lost Wynne Jones, the prop, on the morning of the game to a shoulder problem that he picks up on Thursday. So I think injuries could well actually determine the flow of this series as much as anything else. Um, it, it's it's really, really attritional. Um, so I, I, I'm not quite sure how the flow on this one goes. Very interestingly, though, I've got to tell you this. Last week, Warren Gatland was not a happy man. Um, the Lions were due to name their team for the first test on Thursday. On Tuesday afternoon, someone in the uh, British media got a whisper of what the 23 was going to be published it they got 22 of the 23 names right and as a result the lions had to bring forward their team announcement to wednesday so that got leaked out and then the win jones injury on saturday 
managed to leak out on Saturday morning as well. Warren Gatland is not a man who likes leaks within the camp. So very tellingly, the Lions have given us their media uh, calendar for the next few days. As I say, they have to name the team on Thursday. Warren Gatland is elected to name it on Tuesday this week for the second test because I think he's just got the impression that it's going to leak out anyway. So you might as well do it in a controlled way. Yeah, it is fascinating. We're we're a bit of a punting show here as well, or station, shall we say? We enjoy a punt anyway. We're not a punting station, but if we could get the forecast of twenty two out of the twenty three and the races to come this week, we'd all be very very ha- happy. But anyway, just um, Andrew, one of the other things I, I guess, and and you mentioned um, Dan Bigger there as well, and and his influence on the game. He he was instrumental in that clear tactic of being able to use the high ball, and and majority of the Lions playmakers do. If he is, in fact, out, have they still got some personnel within that, in that squad that can still use that tactic, which was, which was obviously um, was pretty effective on, on, in that game in the weekend? Yeah, Owen Farrell was on the bench, the, uh, the England standoff, so he can easily go there. He's covering 10 and 12 from the bench on Saturday, so Farrell could easily go there. The other option is Finn Russell, the, the Scottish guy who uh, plays his rugby for Racing 92 in Paris. Now, he actually spent last week with his uh, foot in the old air boot uh, because he'd managed to uh, damage his Achilles. So that would be a bit of a leap of faith. But if the Lions feel that their best bet is to play slightly wider out against South Africa, and I'll be honest, I think they might need to get a little bit wider because they've got some really good wingers and back three players uh, as a whole, wingers and fullbacks. I I would want to get them more involved in the game. I, I, I'm not sure one try is enough to, to win a, a test match regularly. They've managed it this weekend, but I wouldn't want to be relying on that. So I think Finn Russell may well get a spot on the bench, which I suppose if you're chasing a game, gives you more of an attacking option. If you want to try, if you are... I've got the luxury of having a six or seven point lead and want to close it down, then Farrell would absolutely be the man you'd want to kick the corners. Fantastic. Andrew, you mentioned Warren Gatlin just before. He's a guy we know. He's actually the Chiefs coach. Well, he's pretty much the Chiefs coach. He'll share with Clayton <laughs> McMillan. So it's a kind of a, a funny one. How's he been received this time around? You spoke about, I mean, that's just so classic, being typically a bit grumpy with the media, uh, with the team being leaked. But how's he going? How's he being perceived and received by the British and Irish fans and the media? Because he can be prickly. Well, I think he's having a slightly better time of it this time round than he did four years ago when um, some of your guys, shall we say, gave him a less than happy welcome home. Yeah. So I'm thinking back particularly to the clown comments, which oh, he yeah. didn't necessarily take that well to. Um, so I think he's enjoying it a little bit more. It has to be said, though, this is far from a normal Lions tour. Think back four years when we had thousands and thousands of, of British and Irish fans in their red shirts swarming all over New Zealand. Every match of this series is being played behind closed doors. Um, it's, it's a really quite soulless experience. Now, we all know the reasons why, and we have to do it. Um, but to give you a, a, an example, um, although the Lions are officially based in Cape Town for these test matches, they're actually staying in a place down near Hermanus, which is 90 k's away, 
out of Cape Town. So they're well out of the, the whole thing. So when they, when they train, they train down there, but they have to come up and drive up to Cape Town for the games. So it, it's, it's not a, a normal series by any stretch of the imagination. And it, it's really down to, it's solely down to rugby matches. Can you play and win those games? All the other stuff that goes with it, going out into the communities, doing the school visits, all the things that they did in New Zealand, they just can't do this time round. So it, it's really quite a soulless Lions tour. So in that respect, it is all about the rugby and the winning, um, which in some respects I think Warren would quite enjoy because I think at times some of that stuff four years ago got in the way. But it, it, it's not a happy experience compared to previous tours, this one. Yeah, well, it is hard to take being clowned in a newspaper very well. It was a strange thing at the time, and it's kind of as strange as an age particularly well. I'll leave you with this one, Andrew. Alan Wynne-Jones, we'll leave you with this. If he can get his side up and win one more test here to take this series, is he in any danger of going down as maybe the greatest line? The co the, sorry, the captain of the 1993 team to New Zealand, Gavin Hastings, told me at an event a couple of weeks before the series started that if Alan Wynne-Jones captains the Lions to a series win here, he should go down as the greatest Lion full stop ever. Wow. Now, Willie John McBride, the uh, captain in the 60s and the 70s, is generally speaking called Mr. Lions because he played something like 18 test matches for the Lions on those tours, but they played more games. They sometimes played four or even five test matches on those tours. Nowadays, they only play three. So this is Alan Wynne-Jones' fourth tour as a British and Irish Lion. So he's been, and been at this for a while. So when you consider how long he's been, he actually, this was his 10th test match for the British and Irish Lions this weekend and we've got two more to go in this series so he could easily be on 12 at the end of this it's incredible and remember as well what was it 22 23 days ago maybe slightly longer now he dislocated his shoulder in edinburgh as they played japan in a warm-up game thought his tour was over managed to recover in 18 days and he is back out there captaining the side and by the way played the full 80 minutes of that game. That is incredible. Oh, that, what, you're, the, what you're describing right <laughs> there is is a Superman. Uh, Andrew McKenna of TalkSport commentated the game for TalkSport. The Lions versus Springboks, Test 1. Baz, Alan Wynne-Jones, you heard it there, um, Andrew, spoken to Gavin Hastings. He, he might be, and, and when you hear stories like that, he is a superpower in the game of rugby, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely, and what a what a great interview with Andrew as well. Just beautifully spoken and absolutely spot on as well. Interesting Gavin Hastings name there too. I remember watching Gavin Hastings play all those years ago. He was a, he was a joy to watch as well. But a real, like for him to have busted his shoulder like that and now to, have, as, he, as he mentioned, played 80 minutes, that's, um, that's Richie McCaw-esque, isn't it? Just real sort of strong and hearty performance. Oh, Rishi McCaw-esque, absolutely. Somebody's asked for a PGA update. Vegas is still 13 under, and the pack is chasing. He's on the eighth there. Double eight, double three, or on the Kennard's higher phone line, 0800 150 811. Who's the greatest lion? Who, we've seen a lot of them come here throughout the years. 
Alan Wynne-Jones, he'd be going very, very close in a lot of people's books. Um, he might be the greatest line. So get in touch if you do have any opinion on that. Double eight, double three. After this, we're going to go back to the Olympics. We're going to get in the water, take a dip with Moss Burmester talking our great swimmers. We've got a new generation of swimmers and they're performing at a very, very high level. It's Baz and Izzy for breakfast for the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Moss Burmester after this. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's seven minutes away from Trudy with the news. And Baz, Trudy, Trudy, I've seen it. I've seen it, Louis. But do you know what she's Chosen just? To do you know, she's just told. She's Don't just told such me. A lovely person, Trudy. Don't you? Don't need to just drop to Louis' sort of standards. Even better than that, she's just told me, and we're talking about Baz's frosted tips. That when you Google, because you know when you put something in Google, Brenda McCullum. Brendan McCullum here comes up. I don't know if Brendan McCullum Frosted Tips comes up, but there's been enough action and traction on your here that it's actually a suggested Google search. Well, the way it's going, it won't be coming up for much longer. <laughs> uh, br- oh, dear. Brilliant. Anyway, moving right along, please, Louie. Moving right along. Well, it's been a busy start to the Olympic session and the pool has been where we always have a lot of a fo- a lot of focus. Former Olympic swimmer and Commonwealth Games gold medalist Moss Burmester was someone who had a close eye on that pool over the weekend as young Kiwis Lewis Kleber and Erica Fairweather have just really lit it up and kind of made, put us back in the map in the pool. Well, I don't know. That's that's how I feel, but I'm not an expert. Moss Burmester is their expert. He's on the line now. Morning, Moss. Morning, boys. How's it going? Yeah, very well, very well. Hey, it was pretty exhilarating watching um, watching some young Kiwis tear it up in the water. Was it, you know, as a former Olympian and a former Commonwealth Games, did you kind of feel a lot of pride watching them go about it? Yeah, I mean, it's great. It is a young swim team. There's only seven of them. None of them have been to Olympics before. So the really exciting thing about this is, you know, we're seeing some really good results from them, but obviously they got, you know, another four years easily in front of them, if not another one after that. So so they can definitely build on this. But, you know, watching Lewis yesterday, I was, to be honest, I mean, I was absolutely gutted for him, you know, and I and I know regardless, I know he is too, and we've had a couple few messages, and I know both him and his coach, doesn't matter what people say to them, they're just going to be so disappointed, so gutted. They'll be the harshest critic within themselves because, you know, my, my coach and myself, we had the exact same thing in Beijing, and it still, still doesn't matter what anyone says, even to this day, it still hurts. So, so yeah, all we can do is sort of take it on the chin and then focus on the next race, which is was my advice to, to Lewis. Moss, uh, Baz McCullum here, mate. I watched that Lewis, um, that Lewis Clever race yesterday as well, and felt like I'm not, I'm not a huge kind of Olympic fan, but I'm certainly becoming one, and um, I felt that sense of kind of hope and 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 expectation um, that he might be able to go on and, and achieve something. And majority of the race, I sort of felt like, without really understanding the uh, the race, I just felt like he was going to be there or thereabouts. And then in the aftermatch, he said that the piano fell on him. Tell, can you just explain mm. to us laymen exactly what that means? Yeah, I guess it's just um, like any sort of event, you know, if you burn the matches too early, then you just sort of run out of puff and, and, it, and it all burns out and then you've got nothing to bring it home. So it's obviously in a race, it's it's about timing, right? Feeling how much energy you've got, how much you should be giving in relation to the competition and your own, you know, knowing your own speed and trying to time it just right so that by the time you hit the wall, you've got absolutely nothing left, but you haven't overcooked it too early. Um, and so I think that's what sort of Lewis was talking about. 
I mean, unfortunately, um, I think one of the big things, and it was an unknown factor, and myself and a few of the other swimming boys, we had talked amongst ourselves just, you know, as you do before the, the major competition, you, you chat amongst the, your mates and just say, hey, do you think everyone's going to go? And one of the things that we, we all mentioned was that, that we hadn't seen, you know, um, these guys race have to race like Lewis, really, um, race really fast in the mornings. Um, because they have for Tokyo here, which is unusual, they've reversed the heats and finals, which means at night time they have the heats and then they're racing the finals the next morning. And the only reason they've done that is for the broadcasting rights to the American public. Um, and they did it to us in Beijing as well. But I know because of the lack of events, you know, with COVID and, and being able to run them, they haven't had the opportunity to race a lot of these, you know, have events where they reverse it on purpose to reflect what was coming up. And so we were all sitting there wondering, you know, how he would go having to step up and race really quick in the morning. Talking with former Olympic swimmer and Commonwealth Games gold, medal- gold medalist Moss Burmester. So just on that... Like what's the difference between racing in the morning and, and the evening? Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, a lot of it is you often to do um, just with being awake. Um, and also it makes it harder that um, I had a, a um, good discussion with Steve Chu and we were talking about it and he was saying, you know, well, you've got to sell the, the rights to the TV. It's really important. And I said, well, when I affects the swimmers, and he, he asked the same thing. He said, how? And I said, well, well, actually, what happens is when you race the heats in the evenings, by the time you finish your warm down and go back to the village, you eat, you, you know, you get the, the bus back to it and all that, it takes quite a lot of time. It takes a few hours. And, um, and so by the time you get into bed, it's often going to be really late at night, sort of 10, 11 o'clock at night. Uh, and then if you're having to get up to race the final in the morning, you could be up at you know 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning. So you're only getting about four hours sleep. So it does affect your performance, and, and it's something you, you've got to be aware of. There's a fact that, and it is scientifically proven that your body's more awake in the you know, afternoons or evenings. Now, uh, you know, a good point he had was that same for everybody, which it is, and I think that's why Lewis is so gutted, because he looks at the time that, he did the the night before in the heats, and he realised that even if he had just gone the exact same time he had, he would have picked up the silver, and you know he would have been right in the mix again for the for the gold there. So, yeah, it was a, it was a real you know real opportunity to grab, and um, I think maybe just a little bit of that lack of experience, unfortunately. But again, as I said, you know he, these guys are going to be the harshest critics, and it doesn't matter what the rest of us say, they're going to be you know, beating themselves up, and I feel absolutely gutted for them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's not over, Moss, and that's great insight. It's not over because Erica Fairweather, uh, she's in the 400-meter final against Katie Ledecky, racing against those sort of caliber of swimmers later on, just very quickly in about 10 seconds or less. She skimmed so much time off her PB and broke Lauren Boyle's 400-meter record. Can she level up again, do you think? Yeah, massive PB, huge swim from her. Um, not to get first or second, her and Titmus um, will be first and second, I think, And but she could potentially be in the mix for third. Fantastic. Moss Burmester, former Olympic swimmer and gold medalist at the Commonwealth Games. Absolutely awesome insight into swimming because it's something that Baz and me, where well, we are completely fish out of water. In. But now it is time for the news with Trudy and Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Back after this with Trudy, where we're going to talk to Sam Dixon and also find out a bit of sports news. Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. 
It's 7.30 and making SENZ News this hour. New Zealanders will soon be able to track how much greenhouse gas the country is emitting in almost real time. Meantime, we're likely to import more coal in 2021 than it has in any other year before in the midst of a government-declared climate emergency. Several leading opposition politicians in Fiji have been arrested after their criticism of government moves to change land legislation. Hundreds of Oregon residents have been evacuated as summer heat blazes scorch hundreds of thousands of hectares in the US, wildfires raging too in the West, destroying homes in California. And COVID cases have hit the one million mark in Malaysia as the Delta variant takes hold there. Oh, and Buck is back. Sir Wayne Shelford is one of 21 contestants taking on TV's Celebrity Treasure Island, which is being filmed in the far north. SCNZRadio.nz Sport coming up. Kubota's range of construction, agriculture and implement machinery are helping to shape and build New Zealand. Kiwi surfer Ella Williams has finished second in her Olympic heat to advance straight to round three, while the Black Sticks women have beaten Argentina 3-0 in their hockey match and history made in their own Olympic year. Yuto Horigome started, uh, sk- skated as a kid at the Ariake Urban Sports Park and now he's the first gold medalist in the debut of the sport at the Games. Meantime, Tokyo today bracing for a typhoon, which authorities say will disrupt today's competition schedule. And the Mace Tour starts today in ending in goodbye pork pie style in Southland on August the 1st. Head to nzc.nz for the full tour dates as we celebrate the Black Caps ICC World Test Championship title win. Everything that's happening in sport, senzradio.nz. Fuchs Lubricants, German technology that pays back. A wet start to the week for the entire country with heavy showers most places. The rain does ease this evening. Gisborne through to Wairarapa and Marlborough through to Canterbury. But a rainy day Monday for all of New Zealand. Great to have you here with us. Follow us at SENZ underscore radio. 28 away from eight on SENZ. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Izzy's not with us. A bereavement in the family. We are thinking of him. But Baz, the skipper is here. And Louis, me, I'm filling in. Good morning so far, Baz. 90 minutes in. You feeling good? Yeah, feeling good. Yeah, obviously missing Izzy, but we're feeling good. And I think we've we've been able to dive into some different topics today as well. The swimming one fascinated me and apologised for my uh, for my layman questions, but I, it just it fascinates me some of the the interpretations of swimming and, and that one I, I never quite understood the the, the morning issue. Um, but I thought Moss Burmester he he explained it really well. So it was good. Tim Southey was good. We could have spoken for hours, but <laughs> Probably a good thing he cut him off because he would have thrown me further under the bus and that would have led down a slippery slope of Twitter pitches like it already has. Uh, yeah, and if anyone wants to go and see Baz's frosted tips, Baz and Izzy for oh, breakfast online or Trudy's Twitter, just go have a look. Well, I'll delete it. Oh, you've deleted it? I want to delete it. You don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> do yeah, Trudy, you're so nice, you don't need to do, you don't need to go down the Louis route. I'm going to okay? delete it. So don't nice. delete it. <laughs> double eight, double three. Shit, Trudy, delete it. I can't believe it. Look what you've done, Bears. You can't now. People think you won't be able to take a joke. It's fine. It's all good. What I need to do now is we're going to do our weekend choices poll. Choices flooring room view is the perfect decorating visualizer. Couldn't agree more with that statement. And over the weekend, it's been 
well, it's the first weekend of the Olympics, and we've got to see some new events like surfing and skateboarding. We've got to see some of our old favourite events like rowing and swimming. What was your favourite one to watch, Baz? Um, I enjoyed the swimming. Um, I actually enjoyed the basketball, the three-on-three basketball. I watched the, the women's game between Italy and France, and it was actually fascinating because I've never really watched three-on-three basketball before. So that would be the highlight so far. Obviously, um, watching the Kiwis has been good fun, a little bit of hockey. Jeez, that's a fast game, isn't it, hockey? And mm. why would you want to be that person that runs out on the penalty <laughs> corner and tries to shut that down? That is mad. It's insane. When you watch those penalty corners, I feel like every four years we remind ourselves how insane hockey is. But so many people play field hockey. Yeah, that's right. And look, we're doing quite well as well. Overnight, obviously, we had a bit of success. Um, the swimming's been good, mate. I really have enjoyed that, particularly because being a Dunedin boy, you know, back in the day, I remember um, Daniel Loder, when he, he exploded on the scene. So I've always sort of enjoyed watching the Kiwis at swimming. And, and um, you know, I'm looking forward to watching Erica Fairweather this afternoon at 2.20 um, today, try and, try and achieve a medal for New Zealand. But it's been it's been pretty cool, actually. The Ollie White's last night was a little bit disappointing. Um, but, you know, they've, they've played quite well up to now, too. Okay, well, for our first Weekend Choices poll, go to Baznizzi for Breakfast on Twitter. We're putting a poll up out of the new Olympic sports, three-on-three basketball, surfing and skateboarding, which we saw over the weekend. I want you to go up there and have your say so we can come back at 8.30 and let you know we're going to gauge the pulse of the nation here for choices flooring. So skateboarding, surfing, three-on-three basketball. What has been your favourite event to watch over the initial weekend of the Olympics? We're going to come back on the other side, still talking Olympics with Sam Dixon. He's a warrior. He's been playing sevens for a long time. A hamstring injury ruled him out at the 11th hour of these games, but he's still good enough and a champion enough bloke to come and join us and give us some insight as to how the All Blacks sevens team may go. It's 24 minutes away from 8 o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. 19 minutes away from 8 o'clock now on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. How did Lydia Coe end up in the major? That is on the text line double eight double three. Tied six in the Evian. That is awesome for Lydia Coe. Yet another top 10 in a major. Remember, you can get in touch with us here at any stage on the Kennards Hire phone line 0800 150 811, please get in touch. We've got a great text here about the sevens, which we're going to get to because the Olympics roll on, Baz. Yeah, they sure do. And now it's time for one of our McCoffee, uh, McCafe coffee catch-ups. The All Black Sevens start their campaign today when they kick off against Korea at 1pm. One man who no doubt would love to be there and would all love to see there as well is Sam Dixon. He's a veteran of the setup, and he is a mem- he was a member of the Rio Games team. Unfortunately, it was a hamstring injury which scratched, scratched him from the event last week. He's been good enough to join us on the show this morning. Good morning, Sam. Yeah, morning, Bazza. Thanks for having me. Yeah, how are you feeling, mate? Never an easy thing to go through on the on the cusp of a, a big event. Yeah, obviously <clears throat> pretty gutted, but I guess these things happen. And, you know, professional sport, it's ruthless and wasn't meant to be for me, but obviously it's exciting for the, the boys today. They've put, you know, it's five years of hard work and a lot of hard training put into this day, so it's exciting to uh, see them run out today. Could you tell pretty quick that things were that you're in trouble once your hamstring went, mate? Yeah, I've done a few hammies in my time, and especially recently. So um, yeah, I knew it wasn't good, but 
always held on to a little bit of hope until I got my MRI um, the next morning and the boys were flying out that day so it all happened pretty fast and yeah got the news it was a great two so it wasn't great news and I was obviously gutted and it's still taking quite a bit of time to actually realise that I'm not going to be playing at the Olympics so um, yeah no it was tough. Real tough, Sam. No real easy way. You can't hide from it, can you? And I'm sure when you see the guys go out today, you'll have an immense amount of pride for your mates, but you'll also be gutted. So I do appreciate you taking the call and, and chatting to us. How, how did the lads receive it? Were they getting around you? Do they feel for you? Yeah, no, they, they were great. Um, obviously, most of the most of our Stevens boys have been in the situation where we get injured just before a tournament. Um, you know, Heritage, you've been, you've been there. Um, we do some grueling trainings and put our body to the max and sometimes it happens and yeah the boys are great um obviously my my good mate Awanaki he gets the opportunity for me now so good that he can step in when I couldn't make it and you know the boys are real supportive and they've got a big job to do so I, I tried to you know go down easy and not make a huge deal about it because I obviously need to concentrate and put a lot of work into this so hopefully they can perform yeah, selfless nature, and that's awesome, Sam. You you know these guys better than anyone. You'll know what the belief in the side is like going into these games. Can you share with us and the listeners out there what that is and, and whether this, these guys really genuinely believe they're running out for gold? Yeah, for sure. Um, we've put a lot of emphasas on the culture in the last, well, since Class A has come in, and um, I guess it's shown with our results over the last three years with World Cup, Tom Games, and uh, World Series. So, yeah, culture's been unreal, and the boys are pretty tight. Um, as you know, we spend a lot of time together, and a lot of hard training. So the boys have got the belief, we've got the confidence, but um, you know, it's a one-off tournament where a lot of the teams haven't played um, on the on the World Series on World Stage in a while. So we're seeing anything can happen, but we've put in the work, so we're definitely confident. But now it's time to go out there and you know put all that hard work into action. What about um what about the opposition, mate? Who who are the big dangers to the ABs during this, this campaign? Um, I think the classics, you know, like South Africa have a pretty young team and they've got a lot of speed and quite a bit of uh, experience, especially in the forwards and in the you know, Fiji that um they could probably have five or six teams at the Olympics and all compete, so they're gonna be tough and Great Britain um, finished third uh, last Olympics and they've got an experienced team. And, um, so, yeah, it, it, it's going to be tough to tell who's going to um, take the medals, but I'm hoping uh, our boys will be right at the tops. Sorry, Tim and Michael, that'd be a good start. <laughs> Sam, uh, there's a lot, lot of threats yeah. out there, but the, the Blackferns women's sevens team, they're actually a huge medal chance as well. You would have, you know, I mean, you guys are pretty close as programs, aren't you? So you will have a pretty good insight into how hard they've worked. Can you give us a little bit of something about where they're at and, and the belief they've got as an outfit as well? Yeah, that's similar to us. The last few years have done really well, you know. Com Games Gold, uh, World Cup and a couple of World Series as well. So um, we were with them. We trained with them here in the Mount. We're both centralised here, and we train with well, not with them, but at the same facility every day. And we're in Townsville with them in our camp for the last month um, at Oceania and that. And 
um, yeah, they're a pretty special team. They've got superstars all through their team, and um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident they're going to go pretty good. Those girls, uh, a bit of a league of their own, I guess. Uh, got some freaks in their team, and <laughs> watching them play is pretty impressive. Speaking of freaks, Sam, um, oh, thinking about a young Sam Dixon playing AFL, I had my uh, first preseason run round with the lads yesterday. You know, kicking the Sharons around, and, and I'm a bit sore this morning. Ba- Baz, Baz doesn't know why I play, but I just thought from an, one elite athlete to the other, that's not me, just to clarify. Um, could, could you just explain to, to Baz, Dicko, why, why AFL footy, real footy, is, is such a good sport? Yeah, it's a tough one. Obviously, I've grown up in Canterbury, um, didn't have a clue about AFL when we, you know, close at Kiwi, we sort of frowned upon AFL and thought it was a bit of, you know, it's an Aussie sport, didn't really want to play that. But it's one of those things as soon as you get into and sort of learn the game, it's, you know, it's real fun to play, a lot of running, a lot of kicking, got to use all your skills. And uh, you're always in the game, you know, so I guess that's what attracted it for me. And I can see why a lot of uh, Kiwis actually enjoy playing it even though they try and not admit it so I can see why you're into it Izzy because I loved it <laughs> should, should clarify it's, it's definitely not Izzy Izzy would be wrong it's Louis here Sam Izzy's out this week but, but um, Izzy would be a hell of a footballer wouldn't he he's got that punt on him yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would be a good one. You'd go real good. All right, there. Thank you, Sam Dixon. Baz, there you go. I hope that, Thanks, I hope that makes it a bit better for you, mate. Um, not coming from me about how good of a sport AFL is. Well, yeah, I thought the reason that you're into AFL, I just had a real picture in my mind of Louis Herman Watt in those short shorts and that singlet, and I thought, wow-wee. Anyway, moving right along, we got a text. <laughs> that was great insight from Sam as well. we got a text coming through on double eight, double three. Morning, boys. Not sure if it's been mentioned, but Colin Burke is playing for Japan in the sevens at the Olympics starting today. Former Bay of Plenty and Maori All Black, and he'll be hard to spot behind the bed, but he's super talented and worth a follow. That's from Pete. Thank you very much, Pete. And that is spot on. Let's keep our eyes peeled for Colin Burke playing for Japan in the seven starting today at the Olympics, Louis. Absolutely, Baz. Thank you for the text on double eight double three. Get in touch with us at any stage. And right now we need you to get in touch with us because after this it's in the sheds. But only one of us has been in the sheds, and that's Baz. So anything you want to know from Baz's professional career, playing cricket for about a million teams around the world, get in touch. Double eight double three. You're on the Kennards Hire phone line. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. I'm going to go smash myself in McCafe during this. And on the other side, we're going to find out some dirty old secrets from Baz's career. In the Sheds with Baz and Izzy. Five minutes away from eight o'clock with Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Izzy Dag away this week, a bereavement in the family. Uh, Izzy and his whanau lost his mum over the weekend and um, our thoughts and prayers, Baz, have been with Izzy all morning, haven't they? And, and been some great texts coming in, wishing him well and his family well. So we're missing, we're missing the big guy, aren't we? Yeah, we sure are. We sure are. Hopefully he'll be back soon, but in the meantime, he is... More important places to be, and that is what life is about, spending time with your families and those who who, uh, who love you immensely. But anyway, we are moving on to the next little period, Louis. Just before we do that, though, mate, can we, um, yeah. can we just talk one thing? AFL, what position do you play? Oh, yeah, well, look, I'm probably a bit of a Swiss Army knife. Off the halfback flank, mostly. Could plug in in the middle, on ball if need be, up the wing. Love a bit of run and carry. Awful kick. 
So you're sort of like the Craig Innes of... of, um, <laughs> of yeah, that's right. I'm just... I'm a... They, what they call a doer. You just go out there and you just... <laughs> you just... We, we need someone to do that. Who wants to do it? Almost nobody. Ah, uh, Louis a doer. He'll do it. <laughs> or actually, actually, okay. another one that the Aussies say, a jobber. We've got a job no one wants to do. Give it to the jobber. <laughs> uh, you got some questions for me? I do. In the sheds. G'day, lads. How many, if any, fitness tests did you fail in your career? Were you still allowed to play? Baz. Uh, yeah, good question. Good question. Because I actually had a bit of an issue with some fitness tests because they, they changed constantly. One one sort of regime, there was a certain fitness standard required. And then you go th- get into winter, you come back out, and all of a sudden there's a completely different fitness standard which you were trying to adhere to. So there was always a sort of constantly changing standards. But look, I, the running ones, I was I was always on the bread line. Um, the, the bench press, I was normally okay. Anything that involved vertical jumping or uh, or sort of required any kind of height um, <laughs> I struggled a little bit with. But I was still allowed to play. Um, we did have a rule in the New Zealand team. Well, it was a rule which Stephen Fleming made up actually when he was captain that if you played over 60 test matches, you didn't have to do the running fitness test. Watch watch the other fellas. So so during the time I got the captain, I certainly, I I also brought that one into the setup. Quite rightly too. It's about runs and wickets. That's the currency, right? Oh, I don't know. I mean, Sam Dixon, we just had on these, uh, these sevens guys. They doesn't matter how many years you've been in the team. DJ Forbes never stopped running, mate. Different sports, so Louis. One, one's more ninety-five percent mental and five percent physical versus the sevens, where the only mental skills you really need is to just push through the pain barrier and make decisions when you're completely fatigued. But yeah, it's not a sport that I would, um, I would particularly want to play myself. But I do enjoy watching it. All right, let's rip through this one to end. Hey, Baz, I was a net bowler for the New Zealand side when you were up in Whangarei about 10 years ago playing against the Indian 11. At one point, you pulled out the bowling stump and put it halfway down the pitch and asked the fast bowlers to bowl at you from there. It was amazing to watch. Can you run us through your thinking? Yeah, I remember this, actually. Um, at the time, I was trying to use contrast training. Um, so the theory was that if I was able to train at the highest um, standard or, or at the most extreme of standards... So a la the bowlers, fast bowlers running in, bowling from half the pitch. Then when I took them back to the normal length of the pitch, um, it would become a lot easier. So I'd, often I'd do that. I'd do it for six balls and then go back to normal for six balls and then revert back to six balls, etc., etc. So that's kind of the idea behind it all. It was contrast training. And um, I think for a, for a period there, it, it definitely worked. I think that was a, a good part of my career when I found that training method outstanding in the sheds. We'll litter some of these through before the end of the show. It's McCafe time for us coming up. After the break, though, Nathan Brown, the Warriors, whatever Baz said to them, unfortunately couldn't turn their season around, but we'll find out a bit more about that with Nathan Brown, the head coach of the Warriors, after this. And Baz Nizzi for breakfast. Next, it's Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Coming up to 8 a.m. Morena to all of Aotearoa, Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. We are by Kiwis and we are for Kiwis. 
It is Monday the 26th of July and we're just after 8am in the morning. Izzy Dags unfortunately not with us after the passing of his mum but in his absence we have Louis Herman Watts stepping in and this morning Louis and myself have been talking all sports really. We've spoken to Andrew McKenna about the Lions, we've spoken to Moss Burmester about swimming, Tim Southey about cricket and we've just spoken to Sam Dixon about the Sevens. We have some more great guests to come, including the Warriors coach, Nathan Brown, and a little bit of racing later on with Luke Kemmes. But good morning, Louis. Baz, this has been a, it's been a great morning for the variety, of course. Um, and it's just been good to, I don't know, not necessarily rattle your cage, but just to see you get a little bit up on a Monday morning, the, the um, frosted tips chat from Tim Sally just before seven. I don't know if it got under your fingernails somehow, but it's good just to kind of see you get a bit of a pep in your step and just inspire the leader a little bit. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you, Louis. Now I have a text, which um, <laughs> which, which I'm, I'm well played. Move on. Just ducks the bouncer. I hope. I hope Louis Herman Watt is shouting this morning after the fill up of the BGP had throughout a huge weekend. I'm not sure. I'm not in the office in Auckland, but I'm sure that Louis has got breakfast to every single one of our our wonderful backroom staff. Hey, Louis. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. My McCafe shout this weekend, Baz. Uh, th- after you're right, boys get paid an awesome weekend, and actually we we did tip a few winners on the mail run Saturday morning. Sounds like the good oil team, Clado, Tainer, and Steve Davis. They knew, needed all the help they could get, lads. So that's all right. I'm only one call away, as Baz would say. You can always just check in. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Anyway, shall we move on to our next guest? And the Warriors over the weekend, the 14th, they're now sitting 14th on the ladder. They have just a 12 points so far. They came up against a rampant Rabbitohs who put them under all sorts of pressure and unfortunately were just slightly more polished than the Kiwi side. And it's put the New Zealand Warriors in a very difficult position on the ladder and their playoff hopes are under under immense amount of pressure. But on the line and good enough to join us, thank you very much for joining us this morning, Nathan Brown. Good morning, Nathan. How are you guys? Mate, just um, how, how gutted were you, first of all, after that performance in the weekend? Yeah, look, we knew coming into it, it was going to be a, a tough one, you know, those sort of, those elite sort of four teams this year with, you know, all of our sides that are um, in that sort of top part of the conference struggle with at different stages and we knew it would be a difficult game, but on the back of sort of probably our best performance against Penrith, uh, well, being we had to change our squad a fair bit, we were, we were hopeful of uh, putting in a, a very competitive performance. You know, in the first half, was probably, you know, along with probably, you know, earlier in the year we played Melbourne down in Melbourne and, uh, you know, probably a little bit similar to the Roosters at one stage when the Roosters were pretty much at full strength early in the year. You know, we really struggled with the pace of the game early on with those guys. So that was a pretty disappointing on the back of what we did against uh, against Penrith. But um, as I said, you know, those really elite sides at the minute seem to be dominating uh, all of our sides in the competition. We've, we've all got a fair bit of work to do to catch them. Yeah, also another couple of injuries in the weekend, which certainly don't help. But I want to I more focus on something a little bit different, which is you guys have been away for a long time. You've been in a bubble now for a long, long time. That must just be so difficult to deal with. Can you explain just a little bit to us about the stresses and strains that have been on the team this year, just for a little bit of context? Yeah, probably the... the the most difficult thing is probably not having a having a pre-season together is probably 
probably the most difficult. That's where most of your foundations are built, especially with you know new coaches and and a sort of reasonable number of new players. And um, you know, next year again, we'll have a fair number of new players again. So that's probably where probably the the biggest difficulty lies. And then obviously you know probably for you know a lot of the players' partners, um, we just use uh, Anna Fanua Blake for example. She's got four children. She's moved. The four separate houses this year just because of where she's had to live to, I suppose, to, to support Adam, you know, so she spent uh, part of the time in Kyanel when the, the Sydney or Australian-based blokes trained there and then we all went to Tamworth and she moved there and then she's moved to Terrigal and, you know, she's currently moved to Gold Coast and in isolation there with four kids. So a lot of the guys with their partners and kids, have, you know, the partners have probably had the, the bigger challenges. That's, you know, the, the have the partner support's obviously quite a key to all all young uh, young dads and that's probably been the the biggest if we were sort of seen how some of the I suppose some of the partners at other clubs have sort of handled the the, the last sort of situation which is only a two week where they, these boys have been on it for a couple of years but the players themselves the be fair have all been you know pretty good you know they are having their moments they certainly don't show it in amongst the group uh, or at training and and you can certainly tell by you know I know last year there was a lot of games where the boys competed well when I you know, wasn't involved in, but this year, apart from, as I said, apart from when we played the real elite teams, I think the guys' commitment and effort's been there by the, the scoreboard suggesting you know, we've had a lot of games where we've lost in the in the dying minutes suggests that they've certainly maintained a reasonable attitude. The, as I said, the weekend was probably our most disappointing one for a while, and whether that coincided with you know another sort of tighter game against Penrith or on the back of a few injuries or on the back of the fact that the borders are going to close again for a few months. Yeah, whether that all played a part in I don't know, but I'd be quite hopeful that, you know, that we know where we are for the next sort of four or five weeks and, you know, we're quite hopeful, hopefully a few bikes back from injury that we can certainly get a, a little bit more of a committed performance this week. It's great to hear that you're kind of, you're sounding pretty glass half full on it, Nathan, which is awesome. And I'm sure lots of Warriors fans out there will be really pleased to hear that. Double eight, double three. If you've got anything you want to put to Nathan, we'll get to him. But while we're still, we'll get it to him while he's still on the line. How have you had to adapt your own kind of leadership style and leadership structure this year? Um, engagement, trying to keep those guys for all of the reasons you just mentioned, trying to keep them engaged and trying to keep them invested. Has it been a challenge for you personally? Have you found yourself trying new things or new ways to connect? I think you know the. The club learnt some good lessons last year, to be fair. You know, certainly um, with the Terrigal situation, you know, it was sort of a, where the club spent a fair bit of home base last year. So we were certainly able to put some uh, things in place in Terrigal to certainly take any sort of early worries away. So that sort of worked quite well. And, and I think, you know, the, the players having their partners with them and a bit of certainty was probably the two main things that I think have probably uh, helped with the squad. You know, the the last sort of bit with the uncertainty against probably what creates the most angst. So, you know, our probably biggest challenges are probably the ones that we probably face now with what's happening with the borders again. So we're certainly, you know, we had a bit of a meeting yesterday off the back of, as we said, what we thought was probably, you know, a performance on the weekend, which was sort of certainly below where we had been, albeit we did play, you know, as you said, a very, very talented football team and one of the best ones. But, you know, we're certainly looking at some little ways now where we may have to do things a little bit different because there's a lot of uncertainty again. But in the in the early part of the year, you know, once we got to Terrigal, uh, Terrigal was pretty stable for us. You know, we sort of all accepted that that was going to be home for pretty much the year. We had a little training base set up. You know, all the players' partners were there and they could go if they needed to go back home for any sort of family emergency and they could come back, you know. But 
with the uncertainty now that's around, that certainly is probably going to present a few a few new challenges, you know, because, you know, with the border situation, how they are, you know, you've got the staff who have got family that have been in Australia and New Zealand now for two years and kids and, you know, the inability for them to possibly go home until we don't know when's a, certainly a, a concern and similar to, to, to players that have now been on the road for so long, you know, with their families back in New Zealand. So there's probably some of the biggest challenges are probably about to come and, and how we adapt and learn from that is probably going to be a bit of a key for us. There's a text here from Jono, uh, Nathan. David Fusitua, far away from playing, he asks, I'm curious about the outsides. Uh, is there any temptation to stick Roger back at fullback? Reese has been a huge bright spot, Reese Walsh, this season, but um, you know, at some stage he was going to come back a little bit to earth. Is there any temptation to give him a spell and have Roger back at fullback? Yeah, no, it definitely is. No, as you probably mentioned, you know, with Reese's age and a demanding position. It's uh, certainly not easy for a, a bloke of that age to, to play such a, a difficult spot for long periods at, at, at any level. So that's certainly something we uh, we have to we'll have to look at. Um, we've also got Peter Hick who is hopefully coming back. You know, and Rod's really, you know, Rod's has really uh, embraced. He was really keen on the five eight role. Unfortunately, you know, that sort of little period he was out there. The, the sort of that sort of first sort of twenty five minutes against Penrith was probably the best we played all year. And you know, the five eight fullback role can be played quite similar. So you know, Rogers was really he trained at five eight for sort of two or three weeks before he actually played there. And then unfortunately he got the head knock in uh, fifteen minutes into the game, so it didn't end so well. But there's also that option as well. I mean, Peter Hicker coming back, he's certainly someone that can play multiple positions as well. And uh, we've had Dave Fusatua. Uh, the long and the short of it is, is you know, Fuster's obviously had his his, uh, his problems this year, and he's currently uh, in isolation with the family, so he won't come out of that isolation until uh, Wednesday week, and uh, we'll assess that then. And all being well and Fuss being fit and able, you know, we'd obviously like to have him back playing, but it's probably hard to make a judgment with with not knowing where he's at at the minute. Just with uh, with only a few weeks left, I guess, in this season, is there something that you can try and salvage out of the out of the next few games so that uh, moving forward to next season, you're able to put a little line in the sand for this side? Yeah, well, definitely on the front of, you know, we have got a, you know, got a lot of younger players playing, you know, hopefully, you know, we've still got one or two that haven't debuted yet that we'd certainly like. We saw young Taniello Autocolo play on the weekend and that was a real, if there was one bright spot to come out of the game, that was the real bright spot for us playing at dummy half and it's a position that, you know, we've got Wade at and it's certainly hoping there for another play to, to sort of support Wade there. So people like that. We've got a young centre, Billy Army Valet, that hasn't played yet, that has been playing very good in the Q Cup that we haven't seen. Now, hopefully Rocco Berry's back shortly. And yeah, so we've got a lot of those younger players, Ed Cossey, that, you know, the, there's nothing like gaining experience. And, and the other thing is for the back part of the year, you know, we've, you know, we've added Matt Lodge and Della Martini to Lesniak to go with, with the squad. So hopefully Chanel Tavita will. We'll be back in a couple of weeks because it's been pretty much the whole year. So hopefully we can get people playing that we know are a big part of the squad's future and whether it be a young player gaining experience or someone like Chanel getting to work some combinations and win some footy games. At the end of the day, you still want to win some games and, and the experience those blokes can get and if we can win some games on the back of it, it certainly can help you lead into a good pre-season. We're chatting with Warriors coach Nathan Brown. For those who... Aren't sure I had the privilege of talking to the Warriors this week as well, and that was one of one uh, a tremendous honour to chat to the boys. Unfortunately, what resulted was a uh, was a bit of a drubbing, so I'll take a bit of responsibility for that, Nath. <laughs> the boys actually quite enjoyed it, and as is the case when uh, people like yourself that have achieved quite a 
a lot in the game, Brendan. There's always something different that different people get out of it. And you know, I know the staff got some real, you know, one or two key things, and I know one or two different players saw some different things that they really enjoyed out of it. So whenever you get the opportunity for anyone to listen to different things, there's always some great learnings. And as I said, we all learn differently, and there's all different things we take out of it. But um, I'd like to hold you responsible, mate, and pass the buck, but I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. It's, it's fair enough, Nathan Brown, the Warriors coach. And, and the beauty of that is, Nathan, you can just get all your players to download the SCNZ app and they can tune in every morning to Baz's wisdom. 100% mate, <laughs> say. And, and if we can move forward in a positive manner, I'll, we'll, give, we'll give Baz all the credit as well. Outstanding. Nathan Brown, thank you so much <laughs> like for fronting like up. Bright and early across the ditch, just after six o'clock. We love that commitment from Nathan Brown. But right now, it's one of our fa- my favourite times of the show. It's time for a TAB Live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. And our man, Paul Moate, is on the line. Morning, Paul. Good morning, Louis. How are you, mate? I'm very, very well. Did you have a good weekend? Did you have a bet yourself? Uh, I had a couple. Um, once again, no success. So uh, we move <laughs> on. <laughs> Fair play. That's probably a, an you just that's the beautiful thing about punting. You just kind of flush the dunny and you move on. You don't let it play rent free. What are we looking at today, Paul? Um, oh, I guess there's a couple of things going on in Tokyo. Of course, the New Zealand women's hockey team got off to a great start, uh, beating the Argentinians yesterday. Uh, they're back on the field later on tonight, which uh, might help them uh, being out of that uh, the heat of that sun. They're $1.25 favourites to beat Japan at uh, around quarter to midnight tonight. So hopefully they can go uh, back-to-back and stay at the top of that table there uh, in their group. They're a big, big chance. And, of course, we've got a back-black bonus-back promotion uh, running at the moment. Uh, Get your money back up to $30 as a bonus bet. Uh, if the Kiwi U-back in the gold medal winner market at Tokyo takes home silver or bronze, and I'm thinking that the uh, women's hockey team, they're a big, big chance of taking home at least a medal. Hey, Paul, with um, Louis having an absolute fill-up at the TAB in the weekend, are you guys contemplating shutting down his account? Oh. He's going to keep, keep, keep things open for him. <laughs> he, 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 I, I was listening to him on uh, Saturday morning, and uh, I, I wish I'd actually followed him into a couple of his tips because <laughs> he, he went very, very well. Uh, I thought, and I was listening, I thought, crikey, I'm going to have to write a song about this boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for this. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw it out there now. Louie, Hurdy loves a shoe. He talks to bears and is. I think it's time we all got on the bears. Full, full, full. I mean, I love it. I love it, but it is 25 8 in the morning, although it feels like it. And you know, on a Monday, too, but that's fantastic. Paul's got a song for everyone now. Trudy, Trudy Nelson has to be the next one. There you go. Paul Moate with the TV, TAB promotions in play and hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. We've got a $50 bonus bet to give away. That is so good from Paul. We've got a $50 TAB bonus bet to give away. All I want from you on double eight double three. Wit.
which Olympic sport are you going to use it on with your TAB number, your name, and where you're from? Which Olympic sport will you punt on with a $50 bonus bet from the TAB? We're going to be back after this because Baz is going to, he's going to take us a little bit further into what he talked to the Warriors about. Unfortunately, he didn't get the result, but I'm sure it still would have been great to hear anyway. It is 20 past eight on Baz Izzy for breakfast for the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven at any stage on the Kennard's higher phone line to get in touch. The texts are flooding in. I'll get Baz to read one before Trudy with the news. But one thing, Baz, we need to do, and apologies, I've been a bit tardy on this. With the Bledisloe Cup in Perth not possible, the caller of the month will win an All Blacks experience. Just be part of SCNZ by calling that number on the Kennard's phone, Kennard's higher phone line. Oh eight hundred one five zero. 811, all thanks to Ballpark Entertainment on SENZ. And we've actually got last week's caller of the week on my button board here. Would you like to take a guess in whose show it came in? Well, it obviously wasn't ours. <laughs> no, um, no. <laughs> no. Give me some more. What was it, an insightful question? Was it was it emotional. Insightful? Emotional. Smitty's. No. Well, it wouldn't have been Beavers, so it must be Staff. Yep, bingo. It was Staffy. Let's hear it. What's that? Kiwis yeah. and sport. Kiwis and sport. Best sp- duo ever. Because we love our sport. You it know, doesn't matter where, when, how. We love our sport. And that's why we tune into you guys most, and previous. You know what, Mike? You're not speaking from your voice box. You're speaking from your heart. I can feel that. Absolutely. I can feel it too. Brian from Gizzy, they were talking about best sporting duos, I believe, on Staffy's show, and he's come through with Kiwis and Sport. Nice. Nice. That's deep. Deep for a Monday. It's emotional, isn't it? But in a good way. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's good. Do you want me to read this text? Go for it. Really? Good morning, lads. I'm passing through Matamata early tomorrow and have a good bottle of red for your tipple segment later in the week. I'll drop, drop it off at the door to the studio if you'd like to let me know. Vavasa? Is that how you say it? Vavasa? I'm not sure. Oh, wow. They're probably selling Thank something. Thank you, Mike. I'll get your number. <laughs> Baz isn't going to be turning that away, is he? Yeah, my bad. My bad. A little bit of product placement. Probably walked into that one, but that's all right. I'll, I'll try it out for us anyway. What about? Well, it's perfect for the Friday tipple, and Paul would want us to do a shoey with it, but uh, again, I don't think it's appropriate <laughs> when you pass. <laughs> Eight on a Monday. Paul is, he's just, he's on another level, which I love. Baz, um, Nathan Brown, fronting up first thing on a Monday, just after six his time. Good to see. Did you watch the Warriors? Yeah, I did watch them. Mate, he's super impressive. I know Cameron George was on Ian Smith's show last week, and and Smitty asked um, Cameron George, the boss of the Warriors, about, you know, is, is the position of the coach in jeopardy? And he said, absolutely not. Nathan Brown's our man. And just having the opportunity to speak to the Warriors this week and, and then even chatting to him now and the way he's fronted up and the honesty um, that he just chats with and, and also the positivity as well. He's exactly the right man for that Warriors side. And look, the the plan for someone like a Nathan Brown taking over will be a long-term sustainable success, trying to bring that to the organisation. And it would be nice to have instant gratification in, in his first season. But that's not always realistic as well. And I think the way that you hear him talk and the way that um, you hear the guys talk about him um, is 100% the right man to be in that job. And I I love the opportunity. I know I was a bit tongue-in-cheek with the, the comment before about me talking to him this week must have resulted in 
one possibly their worst performance of of the season. But it was an absolute privilege to speak to the Warriors guys, and I know what it's like when you're in a bubble and they've been away for a long, long time, and you're trying to drive some inspiration and some content and just some different ideas as well. Um, so I was welcome to come and chat to them just around some leadership and and some ideas that may have some symmetry alongside what we were able to achieve with New Zealand cricket and. Um, you know, obviously we didn't get the results this week, but hopefully there's a couple of little bits in there which, which might resonate with one or two men. By the sounds of it, resonate maybe a little bit more with the coaching staff, um, which is cool too. I guess my overriding message is the Warriors' theme is to keep the, th keep the faith, and they need to keep the faith in themselves and lay down some markers for not just the latter part of this season, but the seasons to come. And um, You know, they've got some good players, and, and they're a good footy team. They just need to need to keep improving and keep their confidence levels high. So let's hope they finish the season, the season strong and and um, the, the faithful of the Warriors continue to get a little bit of joy out of the back end of this, this season. Very well put, Bears, and how good to hear Nathan Brown so heart, glass half full on it. Great show, boys. Thoughts go out to Izzy and his family. Would love to chuck a bonus bet on New Zealand to win the equestrian paying 554. Is he make me watch something different or more exciting if you have something on it? Tim in Dunedin. Thank you, Tim. We'll go to our Twitter. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on Twitter. You can vote in our Choices Flooring poll. We're going to have the results of that after the news. So you've only got probably about two or three more minutes to get in there and have a vote. Basketball, surfing or skateboarding? Out of the new sports of the Olympics, which one are you loving the most? But at 8.30 coming up, it is Trudy with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Trudy. At 28 minutes away from 9 o'clock, 28 minutes in the show and still some good stuff to come. Luke Kimmies from Boys Get Paid. Ian Smith, well, we told him to sleep on it over the weekend. Hopefully he's going to have his take. Baz, but I've thrown this poll out for Choices Flooring. Choices Flooring's visualizer room view is the easiest way to help you transform your home with new flooring and rugs. What's your favorite Olympic sport? Three on three basketball, skateboarding, surfing. Would you like to guess which in which order the polls have come back, Baz? Surfing, three on three basketball, skateboarding. Not bad. You're right with surfing. So with 46.2% of the vote, surfing, and then skateboarding, and then three-on-three -three basketball, quite a wee way down. So what is it? You said you quite like the three-on-three, -three, but the people, it's not resonating, mate. I wonder if, they've, if they have actually seen it, though, because I sort of stumbled on it. I definitely didn't go looking for it. And then it kind of it just grabbed me once I started watching it. So maybe give it a try. Go and sort, seek it out and, and have a little look and then work out whether you like it or not. You handy on the three-point line? I'm certainly no good on the dunking, am I? So I'm more chance from I'm more chance from the outside than I am I am from inside the keys. You're an on bully, you're not a key forward. That's right. It's a little bit of AFL chat just to get you through, Baz. You, you would have done. I mean, how many preseasons in your life have you done? Is there preseason for cricket actually? Not so much these days. You kind of year year round, especially when you go on your winter tours and things. So, I guess with the IPL. Um, that also takes a couple of hour, uh, a couple of months out of your calendar, so not really kind of up the whole time, which is important. Which is why I understand, in terms of the mental anguish of being on tour a long time and being in bubbles and things, because it's added a completely different element 
to sport on the road these days. It used to be great fun. You go jump on the plane, you go over to a different country, you'd spend a couple of weeks sort of getting yourselves ready for a tour and and then you're allowed, able to immerse yourselves in the culture and and the um, the countryside of, of each place you tour. And then while you're doing it, you're, you're trying to get a performance on the field. And then you come home and, and life goes on. So that was always great. In this day and age with COVID, you're just, you're hotel bound. So the challenges are, are quite different. So how do you stay mentally fresh? I mean, at the moment, I'm feeling physically crippled after running around and kicking a few Sharon's. But how do you stay mentally fresh in those, if you're stuck in hotels when you're on tour? Uh, look, it's not easy to be honest, um, and I'm I'm pretty low maintenance when it comes to to those challenges on tour. I'm pretty content to sort of have a nice, you know, quiet beer and and chat to my mates. But you know, in this the new uh, wave of of youth, they they tend to tend to want a little bit more interaction and a bit more stimulation. So that can be really difficult for them. And I know England cricket in particular have actually put into their um, scheduling that if anyone requires a mental break at any stage, then they can opt out of a tour, um, no problems. I think they're actually calling it opt-in, so you can opt-in to be available for a tour rather than opting out, just to try and balance the language in and around um, and the sensitivity around it. But look, it's really not easy, and I don't, um, I don't envy those who are on the road. Even the Olympics, to me, there's going to be some some challenges beyond this Olympics when when things settle down a little bit and people get back home. Just the time away and, and the operating in a bubble is gonna it's gonna have some long lasting impact on some of these athletes. Outstanding, Baz. That's great intel. On 0800-150-811, you can come on the show at any stage on the Kennard's higher phone line. It looks like we got Dean there. Morning to you, Dean. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, very well. You want to talk Olympic football. It's something we haven't really covered too much this morning. So we're waiting for our Olympic correspondent to come through, and I think you're it. Well, I'm no correspondent, trust me, but I, I don't mind watching New Zealanders do pretty well on the world stage. Like I, I think I can vaguely remember Izzy maybe dropping the odd high ball in the rugby test for that. Well, it might not have been him. And as for Brendan, he's made the odd like glaring error, but he's a sensational cricketer when he comes home in the bats, and sometimes I think the bowlers got us there, give him a crack to get the Aussies out. But we won't go there. But that goalkeeper... Mate, if he was a Pakistani cricketer, he'd be banned for life. Like, you catch the ball, don't you? You dive at their feet. You don't just stand there. And then the last one, he puts his hand down so he doesn't hurt himself. Instead of just diving on the ball. Like, what? Where was he? What was he doing? Can someone help me? Because I've got no idea. It's pretty tough here, but it's a lot of questions. Many answers? Well, Well, first of all, are you from Southland? You've got got quite a a thick thick, uh, accent from down the south way. Um, are you talking, Michael? Is it Hood? Hood? Is that how you say the, the last name? Is he? You're good on pronunciation. The goalie, Wood, isn't it? Wood, W O U D or something. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Didn't spell wrong. That's it. Yeah, look, I think he's had a tough ge- he's had a tough game, hasn't he? I went to bed actually when it was uh, there was ten minutes to go or twelve minutes to go, and I thought we had it wrapped up, and got up this morning and and realised we conceded two late goals and and obviously two two pretty obvious mistakes. But I mean, what do you do? He's in there trying his hardest and. I guess ultimately that comes down to the selectors to decide whether he's had an off day or, or that's the standard that that, um, that he's going to operate in under pressure. But I find it very hard to sort of sling a bit of grief at people who are out there giving it their best on, on the world stage, but it was disappointing um, knowing how, how good New Zealand had played in that game.
Uh, Dino, very frustrated about the self-preservation, just dive on it. Oh, look, that's what the Kennard's phone line is. The Kennard's phone line is there for. You can vent your frustration with Baz. And when Izzy's here with Izzy as well, when I'm here, oh, we're happy to take your calls and kind of act as the, the therapy chair. Just come sit down. I hope you feel better there, Dean. Thank you for calling the show. After this, we're talking racing, Baz. Get your form guide out. Hey, we're, hey. we're going racing after this, 22 minutes away from nine on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Inside, he's the one for us. Three lengths away in the field, then to Big Ben. Now, Team Titan starting to get through his gears and Atomic Kitten. It's called me Evie Gerda. They're getting to the outside down to the 200 meters here from Max Abiel. He's the one for us. Gerda's at the front from Call Me Evie. Max Abiel still kicking through on the inside. Gerda, Max Abiel late through on the inside. Gerda's in front. Max Abiel comes strongly, but Gerda, Gerda too good for Max Abiel. He's the one for us. Gerda too good for Max Abiel. And the rest of them, 16 minutes to nine. Baz, did you get plenty of Gerda? Izzy did in our multi. Oh, I got a little bit, but I only went on the place because that's what my old mate who was in the producing chair, Louis Herman Watt, told me was going to happen. And this is why I'm not a place punter. Because if they're good enough to place, they're good enough to win. And I feel like even though I got a dollar, I should have got a lot more. Well, the Quinella was 7.50 with Max Abiel. Tony Pike came on on uh, Friday, and he led us to believe that Max Abiel was rock-hard fit and ready to go carry the weight. Gerda racing, and the boys get paid black and white. Luke Kimmies is the talisman, the head, the chief, the... I don't know what else he is, but he's on the line. How good to hear that replayed back, Luke. Gerda getting to the line first at Tarapa. Yeah, outstanding, fellas. I hadn't, uh, hadn't watched it yet this morning, so you've got me fired up again. Good stuff, and it was a it was a pretty easy Quinella down on track at Tarapa. We here, yeah, yeah. I think the weight got to Maxibel, which uh, played out well in our favour. Uh, but yeah, paid good money, so well done to those who tipped it out. Well, you're really trying to underplay this one, aren't you, Luke? You're trying to just like be nice <laughs> and mellow. Really, you had an absolute fill up as well because we went across the Tasman later on that night as well, and Awapuni Princess came between horses and well off the speed and just absolutely airborne late to uh, to get up on the line over there too. Yeah, it was pretty special. Um, we didn't really know what to expect. We, we thought that should go right, but um, yeah, she she really put in late and she opened up at 51, so the market didn't like her, but one of the blokes in the ownership, uh, he was keen and had $2,500 each way. <laughs> uh, walked away, walked wow. away with close to 100000 in the back pocket, so... Some unbelievable scenes. And then turned up for breakfast out. radio on, on Monday. That's oh, extraordinary right, no. from Louis. <laughs> no, none of that. <laughs> no, it's not me. It's Mate, not I, me. Just, I wish it was. <laughs> Mate, I just wanted to, um, well, first of all, just give you a big a big ups, actually, because, you know, what you guys are doing for the racing game, it's such a, a sport which has been dictated by um, the older generation, I guess, for a long time, and the future of the sport sits squarely on the, on the youth coming through as well, and what you guys have been able to achieve to, to get the interest in, and uh, and the support in the racing game has been nothing short of sensational. So congratulations for all of that. The other thing I just wanted to uh, mention is it's actually the second time that both these two horses have won on the same day, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. well, thank you uh, to your first point there. Uh, it's been good to be able to give something back to an industry that uh, that needs some, some help and some resources. And... Yeah, they both of them won uh, a few Saturdays as well, which is um, which is special. So I think a multi on both of them on Saturday returned ten dollars, returned about thirteen hundred bucks. So 
I don't think the tab will be too happy with us when they race together on the same day. Oh, that's it. That is a that's and that's why you're carrying on like you were carrying on and a hundred grand. That's it. We'll just clarify, Luke. I don't think it was Luke that took the hundred k away. Hey, is there anything else happening in the ownership space? So for just the the context, boys get paid. A, you know, you run a lot of punting syndicates. You do a lot of promotion, getting people and getting young people on tracks. But th- this kind of racing horses in the silks, it's not necessarily new for you. But you don't do it too often. Is that something you can see the movement getting more and more towards, Luke? Yeah, I think they're starting to get a bit more interest in the ownership side from within the, the group and within the community. So uh, we'll probably put together a, a few more syndicates as we go. Um, obviously, they can be pretty time-intensive and whatnot, and you know, if people don't really understand what they're getting themselves into, then you don't want to give people a bad experience. But um, yeah, when they're winning, it's, it's definitely there's, there's more people saying, hey, how can we get involved? So uh, we've got a, a nice... Philly coming through with the Tiakau team that uh, yeah, hopefully will be aimed towards the Kraken Million in January, which will be pretty special running in the BZP Silks. Um, but yeah, we bought that in January and syndicated that between about 28 people. So we'll probably do that again next January as well. Outstanding. Luke, thank you for taking the call. You sound a bit groggy, to be honest. And um... oh, I, I, to be honest, boys, I'm doing the toughest Monday. But, uh, that's, that's how it should be. After an awesome one, Luke, Kimmy's and boys get paid. Outstanding effort, both here in Australia, winning a, both sides of the Tasman on the same day. That's awesome, isn't it, Bears? And there's a text here which I reckon is going to go close to your heart. It's my birthday today and I've got the day off treating myself to a lion and listening to SCNZ, how good we have sports radio back. Just quickly wanted to say how refreshing it is for you how refreshing it is for you to back our sports people and not kick them when they are down. Our goalkeeper getting it from all sides, but you guys backed him and rightfully so. Don't see Dino on our Olympic team. Keep up the positivity. It's bloody good. That's from Reese B. I did just want to make a quick mention of that. I know we've got to keep moving on, but I thought Dino must have been talking through a bit of a hole in his wallet. And I, I know I'm new to this this talk back sort of lark, but and I'll get better at it. But um, but I do like to champion our champions, and they are going to make mistakes at some time. So I appreciate that people are certainly entitled to a vent and a frustration, um, and that is your right to have your opinion. And I'll exercise my right to continue to support our sports people doing their thing on the global stage, Louis. Outstanding, Bears, and you did even say to me, true story, in that in that commercial break, you did say, hey, I want to mention this. So awesome that Reese is on the same page. And I also said, hey, but sometimes we've got to give those people the channel to vent. So any time, 0800-150-811, we'll find that balance as we keep going. And just remember, with the Bledisloe Cup in Perth not possible to fly to, the caller of the month to win an All Blacks experience, just be part of SCNZ by calling that number, 0800-150-811. Thanks to Ballpark Entertainment on SCNZ. On Friday, we told Smithy to sleep on it. No doubt he got plenty of shut eye over the weekend. We're going to be back with the Doyen after this. It's five minutes away from nine o'clock, which means it's five minutes away till when Ian Smith takes over and brings some sanity to the madhouse. Ian Smith, it's time for sleep on it. Thanks to Temper, they've got mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases which conform to the exact shape of your body for unrivaled comfort and support Baz on Friday. We asked Smithy about the Warriors, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We asked him to sleep on it, and we asked him to sleep on the question that was posed to Mr. Ian Smith was, how will the Warriors season end up? Smithy, are you there, mate? 
Yeah, I'm here, uh, Baz. And I, I think I gave a candid type of reply that when the final whistle goes in the final game, that's how it'll end, which effectively it will be. And their final game, of course, will not involve the playoffs. So it's going to end, I think, on uh, yet another sort of disappointing note, uh, to be fair. Uh, look, uh, that was a hiding they got in the weekend. We're going to talk to Vossi, Andrew Voss, after uh, 11 o'clock uh, with our league segment. And, and, of course, a very, very disappointing performance. They were up 6-0, and everyone thought after five minutes, yes, this could be amazing. And then like, 60 points later, uh, they're gone. So it, it was a poor performance, but there's a lot of mitigating factors, you know, injured players, etc. They just keep losing key players. Um, and, and they can't no, ill afford to do it because the depth is being severely exposed. So a season to forget more than a season to remember uh, from my point of view. So it will end uh, in disappointment yet again, uh, and that will be at the end of round 25, which is still six long, painful rounds to go. Well, I don't have a temper question for you today, but I do want to know who's coming up on your show today, mate. You said Vossi. Who else are you? Yeah, look... Uh, yeah, we've got Vossi. We've got um, Kayla Whitelock straight after uh, the news uh, and um, my sermon coming up very shortly at 9 o'clock. So Kayla Whitelock, of course, probably one of our most celebrated women's hockey players. Uh, of course, uh, had to pull out because of an ACL injury, would have been there. And just to reflect on that wonderful performance, Baz, uh, 3-0 over Argentina. First time we've ever beaten Argentina at the Olympics. So that was a heck of a result there. Uh, then Nisbo, my great mate Nisbo, uh, we'll talk about the Lions and the Springboks. Of course, uh, the Lions drawing first blood there. Uh, and a bloke you probably have come across being an Otago man from time to time, uh, Dave Gerard, of course. Uh, Dave Gerard, the yes, celebrated right. uh, sports medicine professor, and uh, he's an expert on uh, so many things that you could pick a subject and, and just go for it. So Dave Gerard, uh, and that's straight after 10 o'clock. Our panel today, Hayley Holt. And Andrew Mulligan. So it's sort of a reunion of uh, the crowd goes wild because they were both on. Uh, Haley Holt was certainly on it, and, and Mull still is certainly on it. And there's a number of things we're going to talk about there. Uh, then we'll uh, we'll look at perhaps uh, Louis Herman Watt that that muppet uh, around about um, <laughs> ten fifty five. Then we're going to Paul Paul Mawati, uh, and then later on uh, we're going to talk to Gary Hollywood. Who's Gary Hollywood? He's Lewis Clearbird's coach. There's so quite a busy Monday morning, Philip. Beautiful, Smitty. Thank you, Smithy, for temper. That was sleep on it with temper mattress like no other. And just quickly, Baz, for a give it to you to wrap up, Tim in Dunedin, who texted in, who said he's going to punt the equestrian and thoughts are with Izzy. You're going to take away our bonus bet, courtesy of the TAB. But, Baz, it's been awesome. You take it home, brother. Thank you, mate. It's been an absolute privilege again here on a Monday. There's more to come on SENZ as well. Ian Smith, the voice of sport in New Zealand, 9 till 12. We have Mark Stafford from 12 till 4. And then Beaver for drive as well. A massive thanks to our team, Louis, Trudy, Karen, Joe. Our thoughts are with our man Izzy and all of his Fano. This was Baz and Izzy for breakfast. We have talked and talked sport about all sports. We've heard from the Lions chat, the swimming, the cricket, the sevens, the Warriors. We've talked racing. We've talked all sport. And that is a wrap for the Baznizzi for breakfast. Kakitiano. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.